0: on episode 78 of Pixel Gaiden. Eric talks crown jewels with another Patreon subscriber. Tim vita up the wazoo. We give away a $25 gift card and discuss upcoming expos. There's a battle of the 8-bit brawlers. Are there any good video game movies? Are there any good upcoming video games? We talk about a new hairnet and so much errata one another visitor
1: stay a while
0: stay
2: forever welcome to pick the Garden! featuring cody eric and tim drew now here are your hosts eric nelson and cody hoffman
0: well 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 eric another episode of pixel guide and episode number 78 here on mario day yes it is mario day today which is the dumbest thing ever but apparently everyone it's a thing now now it that is a thing. now that retro gaming isn't just the, the public uh the public eye right now everyone knows about mario day that's
3: right i celebrate it every year i always have
0: how do you celebrate it eric
3: I put on plumber, uh, like I make sure I'm going crack (laughs) in the back with the plumber pants.
0: You're a plumber and you wear a tie. That's right. Um, Yeah, for those who actually still somehow don't know, March 10th is, you know, March is shortened to MAR and one zero looks like an I O, hence Mario. I think somebody at uh, somebody brilliant in like uh, marketing, and don't get me wrong, like, the Japanese culture—they're—they're they're way too uh, ethical and uh, by the book to do something like this. That's so probably like Nintendo of America. I bet somebody at Nintendo of America came up with this and they're like, "Underground, I'm going to start spreading the word that that's the Mario, and we're going to push it, and I'm going to tell a bunch of YouTubers so they say it, and then it's going to spread." Yeah, you know, kind of dirty uh, guerrilla tactics.
3: We need a Pixel Guiding Day, so we got to figure out how our letters of Pixel Guiding would turn into <laughs> numbers.
0: <laughs> Wait, what? Which month is that that starts with a P? <laughs> <laughs> it's um, Pennsylvania April. No, <laughs> <laughs> Marchintosh as well, right? It's also That's Marchintosh right. for you Macintosh fans out there, uh, like myself. I need to get my Macs out. I have not set those up here at the new house. Nonetheless, I'm sorry for rambling already. Uh, welcome to Pixel Guide, Inn. your number one place for a retro video game and retro inspired video game and beer talk, tech, news, views. Uh, what else can we say that sounds cool and, and magazine-y? <laughs> uh, editorials. My name is Cody Hoffman. And I am Eric Nelson. And we are the two uh, most educated people on the subject to talk to you today about retro video games. <laughs> what we lack in, in head knowledge, we make up for enthusiasm. Uh, coming up on episode 78 here of Pixel Guide, we, uh, we actually have a whole lot to talk about, so we'll try to be quick about this. Um, it is time for us to go ahead and draw a winner for the RetroRewind.ca Rewind.ca uh $25 gift card giveaway so we'll do that here in just a little bit. Um we're
3: exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing who it's going to be.
0: Yeah, yeah. I should have I thought about uh putting my own name in the donor list, like donating a dollar to the <laughs> show just to put my name in there. I did not do this. Uh we of course are going to cover the news as we like to do. Eric is going to be uh it's going to be a little a little Eric's take. Um Well, actually, we might, we'll see how that lands. That might end up next episode, huh, Eric? (laughs) That's right. It could be next episode, and it could, you never know if it couldn't
3: happen. But I'm hoping this Sunday I'm going to have a very nice discussion about crown jewels again, but this time with our good buddy and Patreon donor, Tenmark or Doug from 10 Minute. Amiga retrocast so I'm hoping to talk to him I'm very interested I, I mean you, we would all assume that an Amiga or some Amiga device is going to be his crown jewel but he might surprise us I hope
0: he surprises us that'll be more fun
3: yeah well we'll see I don't want to influence his decision at all
0: yeah no. well he won't hear this before you, you that's you, right <laughs> <laughs> anyway so
3: through the you know, magic of podcasting
0: yeah yeah it's the 10th so hopefully we'll get that all done to post this episode but if not you'll hear it next episode on the 30th um, we also are going to have ourselves a tea time with Tim, and that is a question mark subject, because he doesn't want us to know what it is yet. I have the file. It'll be in this episode, Eric, but we do not know what it is yet, so I'm excited we to find out. We're not
3: allowed. We've been, we've been told, do not listen to this ahead of time. So that made me want to listen to it, but I didn't.
0: Sworn to secrecy. Uh, yeah. And of course, we are going to talk about six good games. And what good, kind of good games are we talking about today, Eric?
3: So the six good games is atari 8-bit games but on c- computer 8-bit i should say not necessarily console and there is overlap there but it's atari 8-bit computer games
0: you know what, eric i apologize okay. i misled us uh, tim, <laughs> tim will be joining us for six good games so we will be doing that next episode i'm sorry today we're doing battle of the systems it's okay it's good to announce it there it's you go uh battle of the systems today uh, yeah. we're going to two, two bangers, as they say, uh, yeah. beat em up games. It's going to be beat up eight bit pieces. Uh, I, I, think, City. I, think,
3: I think I picked this one and I, the reason I wanted to do it was we always talk about 16 bit brawlers or beat em ups, whatever you want to call them. And you know, like streets of rage two and, and all, all these good ones that are out there, but we never really talk too much about the eight bit ones and there's not that many of them, but. But these we'll see if
0: these are, are any good. We'll see if these, yeah, really, I wanna,
2: if these are good. Yeah, them out.
0: River City Ransom versus uh, on the NES versus Dynamite Ducks on the Sega Master System. So, all yeah. of that and more coming up, Eric. Uh, but first, what do we like to do? We like to ask quick
3: questions.
1: Quick
2: questions.
0: All right. So our first quick question today comes from uh tim so i'll read tim's and you can read read yours in just a second here eric so tim says do you have any tv shows or films related to retro and gaming that you would recommend or have watched that's interesting way to put that uh for for tim his suggestion is uh something called halt and catch fire it's a great show starts off uh in the early 80s and features lots of commodore hardware is that something new
3: no, it's been out for a few years. Um, but I did watch about two episodes of that. And I'm not it wasn't bad at all. It's just one of those things where I don't devote or or, you know, stick to a thing if it doesn't one hundred percent grab my attention or I move to something else. But I did watch two episodes of that and it it's pretty good. It's got a lot of uh nostalgic things sitting around, like old computers. I think at one point they had Commodore sixty fours in the background that you could see all set up and or apples or whatever. I, it. It's been many years since I've seen it, but it 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 did get a lot of acclaim. So I don't doubt Tim when he says it's a what it's kind of show is show. it?
0: What is it about?
3: It's a drama. It's about the start start of the computer industry. So pretty much oh, okay. that sums it up. But it it's in a kind of a drama format, and there's kind of romance stuff going on and um, stuff that's like what, that. I mean, it it's that's not just Tim a likes dry. It. Yeah, exactly. It's not just a dry documentary of how things started, and it's it's not it's not accurate. It's not it's kind of like it's based on true events, but they they take a lot of liberty.
0: Is with, it is an eight bit computer rom com? <laughs>
3: exactly, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, do you have anything in mind, Eric? Stuff uh, that that you could recommend? I gotta be honest. I I have not
3: seen that much media about video games even like i listen to a lot of podcasts where they talk about cartoons like the pac-man cartoon or the this cartoon or that cartoon that we're on because there was a sonic cartoon and i never watched any of those and even the street fighter movies i never really watched any of those
0: (laughs) (laughs) i actually do want to we should do that one night just watch that awful um, awful mario brothers movie and the awful street fighters movie that would be fun
3: absolutely I, that would be fun but th- i'm gonna just answer this honestly no i haven't seen any of them
0: there you go yeah for me like um modern ones I, I, you know the ones i'm gonna re- honestly recommend right now are more because they're honestly just really good and really entertaining and but they're gonna be um kind of no-brainers not very far off the beaten path yeah. um i have to say war games that's got to be up there for me which is not modern by any means it's just an old 1980 whatever movie about like the, the Birth of Computer Games and, um, I don't know, Matthew, Matthew Broderick. And, and
3: so I, I've seen that. I didn't think that was the question. Well, i got to read that again. It just says TV
0: shows or films related to retro and gaming that you would recommend. So to me. Yeah,
3: I, so I've seen War Games. I like War Games. If that qualifies, I, I of course, watched War Games and, and yep. enjoyed
0: it. I have to put that on there. Um, more recently, I can't not, even though it's more of a, it's technically a documentary, but it's kind of, even though it's semi-real, but it's also set up as in all reality TV nowadays. It's more of a mockumentary, but it's a uh, King of Kong, which... which I
3: still have not watched. Uh, We've you've talked watch about it many it. times on the show, and and I've heard podcasts about it, and they say, "Oh, this is like you really should watch this. So it's great." I still haven't watched it.
0: Documentary about um about ten years old now, maybe a little older than that now. About yeah. the king um king the Donkey Kong champion. And this new up-and-comer, and by new up-and-comer, I mean a dude in his 40s uh, yeah. battling to get the highest score and break the record. And that's kind of the uh, the birth of where Billy Mitchell, the infamous Billy Mitchell, really became a uh, known uh, public figure. I mean, he was already kind of known back in the day, but like known to people who didn't pay attention to video games. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: you know, if we're including all those, I mean, I, I watched all those Amiga documentaries that came out, Viva Amiga, and there was another one rags to what was it no, Bil- I bed,
0: I uh, bedrooms to billions
3: bedroom to billions watched that I, I enjoyed both of those I, very still me- much.
0: I still mean to see those but um but yep. i'm cheap eric so <laughs> i'm not paying 15 dollars for it i keep trying to find it every time i find it i go on a little app it, sh- it says what services is it on it's always like you can rent it or else you can pay for like a month subscription to hbo right. or something i'm like nope nope um, and
3: uh, and then there was one more um Jason Scott, uh, if you've heard of him, he, he did this BBS documentary a long time ago. I mean, it's gotta be like 15, 20 years ago now, maybe, maybe 15 years ago. That's probably longer, but that was really good. Cause it was, it, it was very well done. He interviewed a lot of people, had to do a lot of research digging back in the BBS era. Um, but they talked to, they talked some in there about BBS games and stuff like that. So,
1: yeah.
0: And one more, I, I have to mention, um, <laughs> Honestly, it was, it was so good. I know we just talked about it, but 8-Bit Christmas. I haven't um, seen it. Yeah. Uh, it we good? talked about, oh my gosh, I honestly, I think it might be, um, to me, well, oh man, I hate to say this because, I, let me give it one more Christmas, but I might need to designate this the best Christmas movie of all time.
3: Oh, I got to see, that's with Neil Patrick it's, Harris,
0: right? It is, and it, it's so good and it's not just a video game movie but it's about it honestly if you had to if i had the best way to describe it it was the movie a christmas story yeah but you know how a christmas story was made in the 80s about the 50s <laughs> right well, yeah. this is basically a movie about the 90s made in the 2020s so same same gap the yeah. story is uh, somewhat similar in the way it's made and it's all about a kid who doesn't want a red rider bb gun he wants a nintendo yeah he, all the things it takes to get there and instead of having a little brother he has a sister um but it's brilliant <laughs> i mean you'd think just by hearing it you're like oh that's just a cash grab no it's it's an amazing movie i actually like it more than a christmas story all um, right i'm gonna
3: watch it then i'm gonna put it on my, my it's amazing
0: list. i'll leave it there Okay. Uh, let's go ahead and do yours eric before we jump into our giveaway how about that
3: okay so we've been seriously pursu- pursuing going to the Portland Gaming Expo coming up soon towards the end of the year. Is there anything you hope to find there? Anything you hope will meet or anyone who you hope will meet us out there or anything you're hoping to get out of it?
0: Wow, that's a whole lot of questions. Is what that is. Yeah. quick quick questions is 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 Um, I've never been to a retro gaming expo, so I'm not entirely, at least, you know, nothing of that magnitude. Um, so, I'll, I'll basically, my ex, my expectations are to go there, be able to, there, be you, able, know, you know, look at stuff. And if it's That's just there. you and me going, I won't have to feel, you know, like I have to get home for anybody. We're going to be there for a couple of days, hopefully. So, it'll just be like, what? Are we, how do we want to have fun? Just being able yeah. to let loose. I don't honestly uh, think conventions are known for deals. I think they actually have higher prices than <laughs> typical because people are there ready to buy and grab things and leave with things. Yeah. So, I don't honestly expect to leave with anything. I'll probably try to get something. Um, But I know there's a lot of, you know, people, uh, people, you know, although they're just normal people, it's exciting to see people that you watch on YouTube, you know, in person Mm and talk to them. Um, And a lot of those people are up in Portland. I'm sure we'll all recognize some. I'm not sure about yourself, but um, that that seems cool. Just kind of starting to meet these people and uh, excited to potentially hand out some cards, try to grow some some fan base for the show Um, because I just sit and play a bunch of video games and. Not sure. I mean, it's Portland. It's known for beer. I don't know if you can drink beer while playing video games, but that would make it that much better.
3: (laughs) I hope so, or else I'm bringing the biggest flask you've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Eric and I are just going to keep going to our room and coming back down. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Yeah, I don't know. What about you?
3: Yeah, I I can't think of any particular item that I think I'm going to, that I'm looking for, like any maybe maybe i mean again i don't know what to expect i when i go to stuff like even amy west my favorite part is uh buying stuff like looking at what's there to buy i mean to be honest with you i I mean the the whatchamacallit's the little presentations they do those are all fine and good but really for me it's like looking at the cool stuff and then seeing if there's anything out there that maybe i want to buy or or that's out there and and i'm still lacking the jaguar so i'm There you go. I would like to, I'm looking for that. Um, But other than that, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm like you. I want to meet people, but I don't, I don't go on YouTube very often. So I'm not going to be looking for anybody. I, I wouldn't recognize anybody anyway, but maybe even meeting other podcasters and just talking to them and making new friends and who knows, maybe some synergy down the road. Like we do events together or something. I still Mm -hmm. want to do something with the amigos. I want to like do either a game show or a round table or something where we all talk together. I think that would be a blast.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love to do a a meetup. um, Yep. Somewhere. We probably probably have to jump to the East Coast and have Tim meet us. That's kind of like middle ground.
3: That would be fun. That would be a blast.
0: Uh, That's it for quick questions, Eric, which means it's time for us to talk about our show sponsor. Yeah. Go for it.
3: Rewind. (laughs) So... If you need, have anything you want to get repaired, Frank is the man to talk to, and he is coming out with new products all the time. And he even sent us a little care package, but I, we're probably going to wait to open that with him. Does yeah, we'll open
0: right? that on the next episode. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. Send us a little box that uh, I think for, uh, you know, because there's mutual appreciation for both of us. Send us a little care package. He sent a little box to all of us, which I think is really neat. Um. If you haven't heard of Retro Rewind, which I would find hard to believe. Um, you go to retrorewind.ca and take a look in there, but there are he's got some really cool stuff he has. He's started to branch out into color computers, the TRS-80 color computer or affectionately called the Coco. And he now has a diagnostic cartridge. Very which, cool. I didn't if, know about that one. Yeah, so I think it's pretty new. So if you are trying to troubleshoot a Coco, which is pretty tough if you don't have a diagnostic cartridge, um, because a lot of the chips and stuff are not socketed on those, at least the ones, I, at least the cocoa two that I had and the cocoa three, um, they don't have socketed chips. So you don't, you can't just easily swap in chips to figure out which one's bad or which one's good. So if you get this cocoa diagnostic cartridge that Frank is selling, it, it will help you out tremendously in troubleshooting that. And it's only 25 bucks, wow. it's only 25 bucks
0: yep so rom I, test expansion this, rom test quick ram test sound test cassette test keyboard to all the tests it's got all the tests
3: those are all the tests on there it's, it's a lot like the Commodore 64 one that i really love
0: which he also sells yep he also sells that
3: too it comes with the little uh i think you can get the one with the diagnostic harness so you can t- test all the ports
0: yep absolutely um
3: yep so if, really i i just think if you have a computer you're getting into these computers and you want to keep them healthy, you're going to want these diagnostic cartridges to help you figure out what's wrong with it when it does finally go bad.
0: And while you're there, Um, go ahead and throw yourself in a a SD solution, throw yourself in some stuff for your Amigas, any Commodore computer. It's all here at retro rewind.ca forward slash pixel guide N Um, and Couple uh, new items I have to point out. Uh, of course, you guys, if you listen to the show, know that if you use code PG10 on checkout, you'll save 10 percent off your entire order. So that $25 cart becomes $22.50 if I did my math right, Eric. Wow, you're you're quick. That's a uh, PG10. So Pixel Gaiden, right? PG10 to save 10, percent and from March 2nd through March 18th. So when the show airs, you still got three, at least three days. Ten percent of all sales will be donated to the Red Cross and UNHRC to help the refugees fleeing the violence in Ukraine, which is a very worthwhile cause.
3: I'm glad you brought that up because I know Frank had sent us a message talking about that, and I thought, man, this is really awesome. Uh, I, I, in fact, I, I think I'm going to try to make a purchase sometime within the next uh, within that window, just to get that money to those people that need it in the Ukraine and and and
0: get something really neat absolutely all right so as we have mentioned uh the last few episodes somebody a lucky patreon subscriber of ours Mm -hmm. is gonna win a 25 dollar gift card now we said we were going to do the drawing on march 5th and uh although we have not technically done the drawing we did lock the the entry list to march 5th yeah and live to tape right here eric we are going to choose our winner let's do it so what, the way I'm going to do this, just so everyone at home can visualize it, I've got a list of all of our Patreon subscribers here. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking about a way to do this. I was trying to be fair. I was thinking about using like, a, an internet-based randomizer, but those are spotty. <laughs> yeah. You know, if you pr- hit refresh three times, you get, you know, two sevens and then a one, and then you press it again, <laughs> you get another seven. I'm like, okay, this isn't right, you know? Stupid it's- internet. There's all, you can listen to all kinds of different people talk about why it's so hard to program a random number generator, uh, yeah. but it's legit. Apparently it's legit hard to do. So I'm um, like, how am I going to do this? And I thought, well, it'd be cool if I could just roll my big nerdy Dungeons and Dragons 20 sided dice here. And this yes. is enormous and it's got, guess what? Exactly 20 sides. So it's completely random. They're roughly the same size each side. Yeah, that is a huge <laughs> D20. You like that? You like that? Yeah. I'll be honest, it's for when I used to play, I would still do it if I had people to play to play with, but Magic the Gathering, I used it as a life counter. Yeah. Anyways, this is completely random. So I went ahead and looked at our uh, Patreon list, and guess what, Eric? Uh, God gave me a gift here. There's exactly 20. So <laughs> guess, this, it just worked out. So here's here goes nothing. I have them all numbered. Eric, you see the list in front of us, right? Yep. Uh, so what I'm going to do is I am going to, you're going to watch me. In fact, I'm going to take my camera so I can't cheat here. I don't know if you can see. All right. And I am looking the other way and boom. All right, Eric. Okay. Are you ready for this? You can, you can announce the number. I'm ready.
3: Number 17. And if we look down there, it is the ubiquitous.
0: Ubiquitous. Jason Holland. Jason Holland. You are the big winner. Yay. Yay. <clears throat> Jason Holland. Jason Holland now we're going to sing your name. You win that too. That was free. That was, yeah,
3: (laughs) the advertisement there, whatever you're doing, Uh,
0: make sure you guys check out Jason Holland and all his things. Um, what is
3: gift certificate? So we'll get Frank on that. We'll, we'll, we'll need to reach out to Jason, get some contact info and we will, uh, hook you up with Frank, get a $25 gift card.
0: Well done. Well done being lucky. And thank you very much for your patronage. Yes. um eric that brings us up to the point of the show the turning point in the show where it starts to go downhill <laughs> quick
3: <laughs> That's exactly it's where it all starts to fall apart
0: well we're gonna do two things right now first of all we do have a lot of errata <laughs> this month uh, uh, yeah i didn't even i didn't even put it all in here but uh here i'll add some right now um so we better get our beer on t- so we can go through all this errata. So and make this easier on us. What beer are we going to start with, Eric? Uh, you want to pick one? Go ahead, man. Let's go with the, the one you you provided with a bottle. I'm, I'm it was
3: feeling your that birthday. one. By the way, for all of our listeners, it was Cody's birthday a few days ago.
0: This is true.
2: Happy birthday. Happy birthday.
3: I even got you a little something something.
0: A little uh, something something in a bottle right now. All right. Oh, uh, sorry. I had to reach over there. Uh, and so normally we open. When, normally we do cans on the show. Yeah. So when Eric provides a bottle of beer, uh, you guys get to listen to me waffle while I try to find an opener. Because <laughs> man, bottles are so nineteen ninety nine. Can I you can use your bicep? You're like,
3: yeah. I don't. Where's
0: I know I have oh, a bottle man. opener somewhere.
3: I always have a bottle opener on me. It's in my. It's on my key ring.
0: Oh, this is embarrassing. All right, there we go. I found something. I found one. Okay. I found my Boy Scouts of America knife. This has got one on there. <laughs> Watch, you going <gotta> to cut yourself.
3: <laughs> you have to put the show on hold so you can get to the hospital and get some stitches.
0: And we're back. It's been three days. I've come to. <laughs> I lost a lot of blood there. <laughs> All right. So what we are drinking here that Eric provided. Yes. Uh... I actually, I almost wanted to say Samuel Adams, but it is not Samuel Adams, is it? No, it is not. And it,
3: we we, uh, we should tell the listeners you had come over to pick these beers up graciously and
0: um, and graciously came over to alleviate those bottles of alcohol from you.
3: Exactly. Well, you left some too. Le- leave a beer, take a beer. It's like yeah. those little things with the Seven Eleven. Um, but it, it, this is a Samuel Smith, and you had said, "Oh, you almost bought that too." So that would have been a I did. pretty weird coincidence, but. So it's a Samuel Smith uh, celebrated oatmeal stout. And this Mm. is a product of England. So we'll have to tell Tim about this.
0: I do enjoy Um, a good oatmeal stout. So
3: I have had some Samuel Smith beers before, but I can't remember if I've exactly had the oatmeal stout. If I did, it was had to have been a very, very long time ago. So I'm going to be tasting it for the first time once again.
0: All right, Eric. Well, cheers, my friend. Yes.
2: (laughs) All right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm, -hmm. Mm, that
0: is malty.
3: Ooh, yeah, that is...
0: That'll put some hair on your chest. Tastes like drinking a, uh, a, a bunch of bread dough.
3: Yeah, it does have a little yeasty flavor to it, doesn't it?
0: It's good. My rating is, it's good.
3: Yeah, this. I mean, it this makes it, me it, happy. It, one the the word that comes to mind when I'm drinking this is hearty.
0: It's a hearty beer. It's a hearty beer. It's a dinner. It's kind of like when you go to Jamba Juice, you're only supposed to eat, drink the the Jamba Juice. It's considered a meal, right? You know, you don't yeah. go to McDonald's and get a Big Mac and then go to Jamba Juice and have that as the drink. It's like you're supposed <laughs> to just have the Jamba Juice. Well, in this case, just the Samuel Smith, and we're we're going to be just fine.
3: Yeah, this is mm. got a good flavor to it. All right. So let me take a look at this bottle, so we can figure out the rating system here.
0: Well, it's oatmeal stout. So yeah, out of uh, out of ten Quakers. <laughs> yeah, we'll <do> 10 Quakers. <laughs> I like those Quakers,
3: man. They're good people.
0: I'm gonna go. Uh, uh, how am I gonna? I'm, I'm gonna do eight Quakers and another hat. So we'll call eight point five Quakers. <laughs>
3: I think I think we're uh we're in sync on this. Mm. Not the band, but in sync.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: But I think that uh yeah, it's about eight about eight and a half, eight or eight, eight and a quarter.
0: Delicious, delicious. Yeah, cool. So that's well a good done. One. Thank you right sir. On.
3: All right, so All let's right. get the rat out of the way 'cause it's it depresses me. And I know I don't know if you have this on the list, but one criticism we got, which which I appreciate. Yes. Was I think boat said was it Boater Aaron? I can't remember which one, but they—I think it was Aaron who started this. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. But but the boat mentioned it too that on our game show we need to get better at like having an- like questions with single answers that can't, <laughs> that can't be you know uh, disputed right. that that don't have multiple answers to them because it screws up the game show and I I don't disagree with that so I do right, agree well,
0: with that I do have that on my on my uh, feedback here. Okay, uh, was, let's tackle that, that one first. That was a self criticism as well. Outside okay. of that, so let's be fair to, to to John and Aaron. I don't think we've ever had that issue until I did it like three times in the last game show. <laughs> so we don't need to get better at it. We just need to not do what I did that one time. That's, it's that. Well,
3: I blew, no because I, I I screwed that that one up the, the arcade one where I screwed it up and uh, Tim answered Sega or something or and it, I didn't know I don't know what it was. Nah, but I don't
0: know. Whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah, so a whole bunch of things I learned on that episode. First of all, there's plenty of gold carts. I only knew of, like, three, but you point out Micro Machines, turns out, like, uh, all those games that Codemasters did with uh, the weird, like, Aladdin cart thing, they made uh, gold versions of, like, all of those, apparently. I figured um,
3: Codemaster did, because Codemaster did a lot of wacky stuff, yeah. Uh,
0: I mentioned that there was a company that did black carts, um there's many companies that did black cards. yeah uh anyways i went back and listened to it it doesn't change the outcome tim still wins either way but uh (laughs) i agree i agree but i still enjoyed the show so whatever whatever Exactly. Um, i also want to touch base uh i think pajako asked us a question uh, a while back about gaming memorabilia that we had yep and i do have one thing that i absolutely love i forgot about um and it's my little uh Lego, it's not Legos, it's n- knockoff Legos, but my little building Lego Cuphead set that I have up yeah.
3: here. I remember I love that game I...
0: Cuphead, and I built this little diorama, diorama I got at Target, and it was like 75% off for like eight bucks. It's got the little Cuphead characters and the big old dice cool. and the, um, the evil bad guys hanging over the back, and I just, it's I love it. I absolutely yeah, I love it. I remember it was
3: on Blowout or something, and you picked it up, and it looks really cool. Because I remember when we, we used to record live together that was, uh, not live, but record together. Yep. We're seeing that.
0: Cool. And the other one I wanted to mention is when I got that big Atari pickup a long time ago, Mm -hmm. it's been, uh, well, it's been a couple of years now, maybe not quite a couple of years. Um, in that, if you remember, I'm going to retell the story for those who've already heard it, but in that lot, I was talking to the guy I know and he's like, Oh, that's just, um, he just found a piece of paper in there and he opened it up and he's like, Oh, it's just a, like some old game poster or whatever he's like you don't want that i don't think and he tossed it into his trash can and i'm like i think i do want that and i pulled it <laughs> out of the trash can right I'm like who yeah. knows because old paper is hard to find i'm like this might be worth something yeah uh and it was a poster which came with the original his original copy of minor 2049er two wow. which is yeah. w- Willie strikes back or something like that yeah or bounty bob strikes back um
3: is that that kind of stuff is called ephemera right or ephemera? well this
0: one yeah this one came with the game itself so at that point it's just part of the complete game but yeah i know okay you. okay yeah um and i'm glad i held on to that not because i personally wanted it but because i found out later it was worth like 500 dollars now unfortunately
1: what?
0: unfortunately what? <laughs> unfortunately i didn't i did uh my usual quick research didn't assume it was worth that much saw uh, like nothing on it So what I did is I put it on eBay with a very low starting bid Of like $20 hoping someone would buy it But then I put a buy it now of one ninety nine ninety nine, just in case it was worth something Yeah So I got 200 bucks for it For pulling something that's out of the bad. trash That's
3: not for paper that, was, that you pulled out of the trash But I'm a little bummed bad. that
0: I, I couldn't get in the full value for it Because I literally put that thing up And within 45 seconds it was sold And it, immediately I'm like uh oh <laughs>
3: yeah that's Uh never a good feeling
0: i I left some money on the table on that one but someone got a good deal they were obviously looking for it for a long time because it sold in 45 seconds
3: yeah
0: um anyways uh also got a a little bit of feedback from david vincent patreon listener of the show uh we were talking about the fenrir for your saturn that you put in there yeah and i was making not making fun of but wondering where they came up with that name i thought it might be someone's last name apparently a, a fenrir is a wolf from north Norse mythology. Yeah. Uh, and he, David said I believe it it was a uh, child of Loki. Weird. So. Guys That's got cool. Some I, I
3: think Yeah, it it came on on the PCB motherboard is a little logo and it's a round logo but it looks kind of like a wolf. There you like go. A wolf's head. And they also had a little sticker in my box that was a little sticker of a wolf's head. So,
0: yeah. N- Nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, we also were talking about Earthbound being released on the Switch, and you were mm-hmm. saying that game wouldn't be worth it without the full guide that it came with, and sure enough, uh, Nintendo uh, has that full guide listed in a link, yeah. which is funny about it, is if you look at that link, they've had it posted since the days of the Nintendo Wii, because it still says Wii in the link. <laughs>
3: okay. Well, I knew that they because when I played Earthbound, I went to Nin- an official Nintendo website, and there the Earthbound manual was up there, or the it's called the Player's Guide, I think.
0: Player's Guide. Um, there you go.
3: It is a great companion. It, it I, I think it's a necessary companion to the game. Uh, I love it. I, I it, it's it's it. They it, it works in conjunction with the storyline, and it is really cool. So
0: there you go. Yep. and uh, I. I, I- did, did yeah. I
3: mention, though, that, I, that there are knockoffs of that player's guide, though, that you can buy, I think, on Alibaba? <laughs> like oh, really?
0: That. That's cool. Chinese.
3: You can go there, and I, th- I thought it was like 20 or 30 bucks, and you can go in there, and you can get, like, it looks like the official player's, ha- player's guide.
0: Careful, Nintendo will put you in jail for three years or whatever happened to that Paul Bowser yeah, really.
3: guy. Yeah, what a bummer.
0: And the last one, uh, I was trying to remember the name of the famous woman who had a line of candles named after her body part. Do you remember this?
3: I remember it, but I, I I knew who it was, so I can't believe I would wouldn't have said her name. Yeah, it, it was
0: Gwyneth Paltrow, and that, I couldn't think of the name, and you, you must have not been able to think either. But yeah,
3: yeah, my, <laughs> my wife and I make fun of that all the time, and it's uh, um, what is the, the name of her company? Is like
0: GURP. Oh, uh, Goop?
3: Goop. There you go. Goop. I said GURP.
0: <laughs> there's, there's a free advertisement for Gwyneth. Exactly. We'll we'll take our royalties when we can. I'm just glad we haven't talked about manscaping again. Oh, shoot. Just did it. Speaking of manscaping, <laughs> have you tried the lawnmower 2.0? I think they actually are called things. Anyways, we're not going to get into yeah. that. Um, cool.
4: <laughs> you can get show information on our podcast at pixelguiden.com. You can also listen to our show on the Amigos Retro Gaming Network at anchor.fm forward slash Amigos podcast. You can reach us on Twitter using... Pixel underscore guide M. You can reach Eric at the project, that's at D U H P R O J E C T. And you can reach Cody at oddball, which is at O D D B A 1149. You can also reach me, that's Tim, at Sanxian, and that's at S A N X I O N. Please review us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or any of the other podcatchers that you use. It really helps us out. You can email us on podcast at pixelguiden.com and we'd love any feedback. And also, please let us know if we've done anything wrong and we'll mention it on the next show.
0: We also have a Patreon account set up, so if you wish to support the show financially, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. You can support us with as little as a dollar all the way up to infinite dollars. If you do so, you'll get access to the Amigos Retro Network Discord server, where all kinds of cool chat is happening about not only our show, but the other shows such as Bright Castle and, of course, the Amigos um, amongst other shows. And there's various other topics in there. Um, everything from for sale to music to uh, high score contests, things like that. If you support us at the $3 or more tier, we like to announce every supporter at that level here on the show in a way that we can only do here on Pixel Guiden using our random adjective generator. And this month on Pixel Guide, we're getting a little bluesy.
2: Well, there's the pushy, dusty, no The fresh Matthew Aquaman, Ruly Daniel James, the vulgar Eric Sandgren the therapeutic David Vincent, and the tasteful 10 minute mega retro cast. The clever Roy Fielding, the deadpan Mr. Toast, the aerobatic Marche Sosnowski. There's the chivalrous Ram, okay, and the sassy Mitsuyama. Yeah! We got the pick for Blues. We got the pick for Blues. You're stuck on that final boss now. Nami code ain't working. You got the pixel forgotten bruise, Gary Heather shivering. Ryan Earth not forsaken. Agitated by Jocko. Ubiquitous Jason Holland. The boys Mark Scott. And the Overcooked Retro Gamer Nation. The Tenth Annie West. An Amiga shower here in Sacramento. And then a brand new patron. Of the Pixel Garden Show. Introducing the brash job of Karshaller, who's a long friend of the show. We got the pixel for Gavin Blues. We got the pixel for Gavin Blues. You're stuck on that final box now. These 16 bits will make you lose. The Konami code ain't working. You got the pixel for Gavin
3: So here we are for another Eric's Take, Crown Jewel Edition. Uh, And this month is special. Well, all of them were special. I don't want to say it was bad with the other people. But we have uh, YouTube star and legend, Tenmark, or Doug as we know him. Hello, Doug. How's it going?
5: Oh, my name's not Doug. It's Mark. That's what everyone always tells me.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And then Three another years of
5: thing, calling me Mark, but yes, it's Doug. Hello, I'm doing wonderful. Thanks for inviting awesome. me. I really appreciate
3: it. And then also, which is a special event here, is we have Tim. Tim, his first appearance on Eric's take. Yeah, Hi, there he is. Eric. Yeah, I was, I was hoping you'd say something. Hi, and I was like, oh no, his audio dropped out. <laughs> well, so we got uh, it's me. Tim's, Tim's going to help out with some of the hosting duties here, which is great um i'm sure he'll have some very fine questions to ask as well but first let's get started since we have you know this nice little round table of people let's get a beer going
4: absolutely i think the yes, beer is good so what did I'll, you I'll bring today mr host oh god let's talk to on, Tim on, eric no, no. You go
3: ahead, Tim. Go ahead.
4: Okay. All right. All right. I'll kick it off then. So I have a uh, Tintagel Brewery, which we've Ooh. seen on the podcast a few times. Yes, and we have. I've sent one of these over to Doug as well. Oh,
3: the Castle Gold. Yes, those yeah. are good.
4: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I remember so, those. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick this off. So I'm gonna open up my Castle Gold. Uh, this is a 4.2 volume uh, beer. How the scale rating works between the UK and US has never really worked out, but no, there, there we go. Um, so yes, yeah, so pe- for people that don't know, Tintagel is a small town in Cornwall, <laughs> not Cornhole, Cornwall. Um, and, uh, <laughs> they, they they brew these beers. Um, and once a year we go to a small little town called Boss Castle, which is right next to Tintagel. And every year I go to the brewery and pick up some beers while I'm there.
3: And this Beautiful. Is and what kind of beer is that?
4: Uh, this is just sort of like, a <clears throat> a proper traditional ale. Okay. Um, and it's, uh, it's a kind of like a gold, so it's kind yeah. of like, a, yeah, nice, nice crisp golden ale.
3: Perfect. So Doug, what do you got for us Today?
4: Today?
5: I've got a Tsingtao, which is actually one of my favorite beers. My, my wife buy the, buys these for me because she's uh, native Chinese, so she likes uh, to get Asian beers. Um, mm-hmm. But it's actually really good. They're really crisp. They're really refreshing. They're not, they don't feel too heavy in the, uh, the old tummy after you drink a couple of them. So I, I really enjoy it. They're not particularly strong, but uh, they're quite good.
3: Awesome. And I, I'm going with a, an Asian beer as well. I'm go, going with an Asahi, one of my uh, favorites that I get from time to time. Uh, oh, but it is
4: your, That's normally your midnight go-to beer, isn't it? When it is my midnight just... go-to beer, exactly.
3: <laughs> and it is a Japanese beer, Asahi, but a, a product of Italy, which I always found a little, a little weird because it was made in Italy for some reason. I have no idea. I'm going to have to look into that. But I'm going to pour mine out here. Doo, 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 doo.
4: I got mine poured, ready to go, and this this actually is in a Tintagel Brewery glass. Then, if you can see that. Oh,
3: so that is wow! Yeah, yeah. And you're right. That is a gold ale,
4: nice. Yeah.
3: As as advertised.
4: Indeed, it's nice. And, and i I
3: poured mine into my Doug mug, the mug that Doug nice. sent me, <laughs> and Cody. It's a Doug mug. It's very weighted Doug and mug. heavy on the bottom, which I appreciate because it's harder to spill. At midnight when i'm drinking it <laughs> recording the podcast
1: <laughs> Can I I cheers.
3: cheers cheers everyone boom boom
4: oh that's a good point delicious yeah. oh yeah very nice.
3: we all have lighter beers interesting
4: we do
3: very interesting all right so let's jump right into this so The whole reason for the season here is that we were talking to Doug about the crown jewel of his collection. Offline, Cody, and I think we talked about this a little bit, Tim. We kind of all had not guesses, but we kind of thought, well, I bet this might be something, you know, we guessed about what might be his crown jewel or not, not precisely, but what the theme would be since your show is about this thing. But we might be surprised. We might not be. Let's let's let let let. I'm gonna let Doug take over. Why don't you describe what you, the crown jewel of your collection is going to be?
4: Uh, I'll, right. I'll put it out there straight away. I don't think it's going to be an Atari ST. No,
3: <laughs> you ruined the whole
4: show.
3: You ruined That the... was
5: my big reveal. No. You took his thunder. Atari Five Twenty ST stock. <laughs> Wolf, honestly, <laughs> uh, obviously. Being 10-minute Amiga retrocast, I'm uh, yeah. quite heavy into the uh, the Amiga scene, and and that is my, my true love. Now, of course, I started out with VIC-20, then Commodore mm-hmm. 64, but the Amiga is what really, really, really got me to really love computers and enjoy what I'm doing. And I started out with an Amiga 500, which I loved. But in 1990, late 90, early 91, I had saved up all my pennies, and bought an Amiga 3000, which is my absolute favorite Amiga that that I think has ever been created. Love AGA, love my 4000, love my 1200, but the Amiga 3000 has always held a very special place in my heart. You know, if you can imagine going from an Amiga 500 with just two floppies and Amiga OS 1.3 and thinking that's the most advanced thing on the planet, to getting this thing set on your desk that you can hook up to a VGA monitor and every screen mode is non-interlaced on a VGA monitor, rock solid, games and everything, and then having a huge whopping 105 megabyte hard drive. What would we ever do with all that space? (laughs) Right, right. And and Amiga OS 2.0, which looked so much more professional than 1.3. I loved 1.3, still love it. But Amiga OS 2.0 looks like a real operating system and acts like a real operating system. So my Amiga became the most important computer in my whole collection from 1990, early 91 until 1995 when it died. It, it, oh, no. I, I think, I think it felt what happened with Commodore in late '94, and, and that <laughs> rippled out. Got to it my Commodore, and it, it just went belly up. Black screen, gray screen, yellow screen, depending on when I turned it on. And uh, I tried for months to bring that thing back to life. Everything I knew how to do to bring it back to life, and I and I could never get it to boot again but at that time here's this shiny new 486 that's coming along you know i got the the ibm blue lightning 75 megahertz 46 boy that's shiny and pretty and over the years i kind of forgot about my amiga 3000 it went in on a shelf and i honestly didn't take it off the shelf for probably 10 years and then I would pull it out, and I'd try to bring it to life again, put it back on the shelf. Now, in so, between there, so, I, I Doug, picked did up you an Amiga ever, 1200.
4: Did you ever take a soldering iron to it? We know what happened with your 500. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. What? <laughs> I'm great with them. Yep.
3: <laughs> Sorry, carry on.
5: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, over the years, I picked up an Amiga 1200. Love it. Picked up um, uh, an Amiga 2000, an Amiga 4000 in a fantastic deal back in about 2005. Used those, played with them. But, you know, they were never a big part of my life. When I got back into the Amiga scene in 2018, when I decided, you know, that's it. I'm done with this. Pulling them out of the closet for a week and putting them away and not touching them for a year. If I'm going to use an Amiga, I have to do something with it. Like, create a channel based on the Amiga, and, uh, but I could never get my Amiga 3000 working again. Now, coincidentally, I had an Amiga 3000 that I bought years ago that was towerized. It was in this huge, huge tower, 25 yeah. megahertz Amiga 3000, and I liked it, but the tower was too big and and too bulky and too clunky. I mean, this, this is one of those that was standing probably three and a half feet tall, just this huge beast of a thing. And it was wonderful, but, eh, you know, I didn't use it that much.
4: Was that an original A3000 tower?
5: No, no, it was a towerized desktop system. Somebody had modified a a, a huge tower and put some Mm -hmm. custom uh, mounts in there to mount the motherboard in this huge tower case.
3: They Um, even sold third-party ones, I think, that weren't official. They right. But there were made specifically for, cause I had a friend back in the day who had an a 3000 for a short time, but I remembered the case and it wasn't a Commodore case. It was like, no. mm-hmm. it was just some third party, but made specifically for the 3000. And that was back in the day, like when, when it was out and you can go buy one. So that's interesting. So you had the tower. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And they, and the- they did those for the 12,000 as well.
3: Yep. And, and so, In
5: 2018, I thought, okay, let's take the parts from this tower and put it in your Amiga desktop case and bring your desktop back to life. It was a 16 megahertz Amiga 3000 I used to have. So I pulled the Amiga 3000 out of my storage unit and realized the power supply was gone. The disk drive tray was gone. And, and I couldn't find them to save my soul. I have absolutely no idea where any of them went. So I just had this beautiful case and no, nothing to plug it into. And I couldn't use the power supply from this tower because it literally was like this big. I, I have it on one of my videos. It's this gargantuous. If you can picture an ATX power supply, a normal size one, it was literally like three to four times the size of that. It was so big and so loud. You turned it on. It sounds like a vacuum <laughs> cleaner.
4: Like an A2000 power supply then.
5: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I clutched it together. I I took, and, and I've got this on one of my videos. I clutched it together, and I took a piece of plexiglass, drilled holes in it, and used that as the drive tray in my Amiga 3000 since I didn't have a drive tray. I put a piece of plexiglass in there. And then I would take this huge power supply, set it behind the Amiga 3000, plug it in, and it would work, but you could never close the case, you know, and and it just it just wasn't the same. So my good friend, Jack Kalk from Pints and Amiga, which all of you guys should watch if you don't watch that right now. a uh, Great guy. He heard about my plate. He says, Doug, I've got some spare parts I'm going to send you. And this beautiful human being, Jack Kalk, love you, Jack, sent me a tray and a power supply for my Amiga 3000 and I was in heaven. That was so kind of him. Um, So I was able to put my Amiga 3000 back together, you know, using the 25 megahertz board from um, my tower case, got everything put back together, worked beautifully, loved it. I was in Amiga 3000 heaven again. Then I did this video on my, um, Bridgeboard, the XT bridgeboard for the Amiga. I did a video on it. And at the time, I was using my A3640 accelerator card in this Amiga 3000. It was working perfect. So I was running at 25 megahertz, 040. I had the bridgeboard in there, did the episode, worked perfect. Walked out of my office for five days. I did not come back in this room. I was off doing other stuff. I forgot the Amiga was on. That sixty-eight oh forty got so unbelievably hot in there, it fried the sixty-eight oh forty chip. It fried the A thirty-six forty card. It fried the Amiga three thousand, and it did not work right again. It just,
3: you oh, know, wow. here I
5: just finished this beautiful Amiga three thousand. Just getting back into it, using it as my main machine, and I cook it. It's my fault. I knew it was running hot, and I forgot it. My fault. So you guys know Chucky Hertel, John Hertel, um, just an absolute pillar of the Amiga community. From the looks on your faces, maybe you don't know Chucky Hertel. I don't know. But uh, he's, he's over there in Sweden, and he's the okay. guy that created these replacement Amiga 2000 and Amiga 3000 motherboards. Yes. Where you can yeah. take your parts, put them on these motherboards that he. I have seen those. were yeah. engineered. Yeah. So I send him my 25 megahertz Amiga 3000 motherboard and he sends me back an Amiga 3000 board with brand new parts on it. Instead of the zip chips that you put in there from memory, yeah. it's yeah. actual SIM chips that pop into place. So nice. Um, and, and it was glorious. And I was reentering Amiga 3000 heaven. And then I realized the board he sent me was bad. And again, it's on my channel, but yeah, RGB the, <laughs> yeah, the RGB port on it. Yeah. The RGP port RGB port on it was was dead. It was useless. It would work 20% of the time. The other 80% RGB video, nothing. The the VGA port worked, which was great. The MMU on the 6830 chip in there was dead bad. So nothing that required the MMU would work. Um, and and it would just freeze up if you tried to use the MMU and several capacitors on it had broken off in shipping. So being the hero that Chucky Hertel is, he sent me another motherboard, another brand new motherboard that he built himself. And I could just re socket, re put my custom chips from the bad motherboard in there. Then I sold with his permission, the bad motherboard to our friend, Alex Perez. I think, uh, uh, Eric, you know, Alex Perez. He does. I do. Yeah. Sold it to him. You know, being honest, full well, these are the problems. Watch the video. You'll see the problems. But if you want to take the chance of fixing it, it's yours for a a great price. And I sent that money back to Chucky. So finally, after all those misadventures, my beautiful Amiga 3000, 25 megahertz, uh, 68030 was back in business And I absolutely love it, and it is the crown jewel of my Amiga collection, without a doubt. Absolutely love it. I love the form factor. Of course, you guys being uh, in this community as well, you know that about half the time our computers are completely naked because we're doing something inside of them. (laughs) This is my Amiga 3000 sans clothes right now. And she's just an absolutely wonderful machine um, using a SCSI to SD from Alex Perez, uh, which works beautifully. Um, you, the floppy still works. I'm thrilled with that. Power supply and drive tray from uh, Jack Calk. It works great. <clears throat> if you've watched my video from this last week, this being uh, early March, um, I just upgraded it with my A3640 Um, accelerator card and had to jump through all kinds of hoops to get the machine working with that card because the Amiga 3000 was never really designed with that card in mind Um, but it's working now it's working fantastic and uh, so she is the crown jewel of my Amiga collection and I really think I'm going to use her as my primary Amiga machine as much as
3: possible that is awesome yeah that's really cool. I I'm
4: I'm in a very similar situation where I don't know if you you know um Josh at 48k RAM we oh, did a yeah. we did a swap with uh, a 1200 and the 3000 and uh, my 3000 is just oh. sitting over there at the moment and uh, yeah that is one of the crown jewels definitely of my collection. And uh, I will be forever grateful to Josh for that because I'd always wanted the three thousand. I just literally just used to whenever I used to see one at Swag or something like that, I just like drooled
3: all over it. That is (laughs) awesome. uh, Yeah, it's a beautiful machine. To this day, I still don't have a pizza box style uh, Amiga. I mean, I I, I've wanted one. I've come close to getting one. I came close to getting an Amiga one thousand. I came close to getting Amiga two thousand but i never i still don't have one I, all mine are wedges 1200 600 500 mm-hmm. which i love i really? love them and yeah. my 1200 is is one of my favorite systems it's one of the few retro machines i keep out all the time it's out there it's ready to use all the time um, i don't pack it away i leave it out but i would love to get something someday i'm i'm keeping my ears open but now they're so crazy expensive mm-hmm. i mean they really yeah. are it's, yeah. you can't get a deal on them anymore so yeah but someday maybe I will, and that'll be great, but for now, my 1200 is, is is pumping along. But so let me ask you this about the 3,000. Is it does that one run hot too? Could you leave that one on? This is the
5: beautiful thing, and you guys okay. can, can all watch my video at, right after you're done with this episode of Pixel Guiden. But what I did is I took a 68040 chip a 40 megahertz one that came out of my warp engine from my Amiga 4000, because I upgraded that to a 68060. So I had this spare 40 megahertz chip, and I thought, you know, these run hot, but I bet if we underclock it to 25 megahertz, like these boards, I bet that's going to run a lot cooler than a 25 megahertz 68040. So I popped it in there. It shows up as a 25 megahertz 68040 instead of a 40 megahertz the darn thing is cool as a cucumber now i I don't know if you guys have ever looked at a a 3640 card before used one but those things get so hot they're they're unbearable to touch even on an amiga 4000 they're just they're scalding hot this little guy in here see you knew i couldn't get through the episode without saying the word little guy right little guy Um, (laughs) yep this little guy in here when i put my little uh Heat sink on it, 87 degrees Fahrenheit, which is wow. what, f- f- 35, 40 something Celsius? And it runs cool as a cucumber. Uh, right now, it's been running for the past uh, probably two hours, and I can put my hand right on the CPU here. I Don't try this at home, kids. Uh, no. And <laughs> nothing. It's slightly warm. It's like uh, body temperature, you know? And The old one that I used to use would just, you try and touch it and you just, you burn your hand. Runs cool as a cucumber and I'm thrilled to pieces.
4: I was going to say, like, the case on okay.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. Because I'm sure it's not going to be a problem because when I ran it before with the case off, it would still get scalding hot. So the way it is right now, being almost cool to the touch, I think it's going to be fine with the case on it.
1: I'm That's not awesome. going to leave it
5: on for 5
4: days straight though.
3: No. No, no I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> You're not going to run a BBS on it. 24-hour no, BBS. No. <laughs> so Excellent. Yep. That is the crown nice. jewel of Doug's collection.
4: So do you have one that was kind of like a close second?
3: Yeah. Y-
5: yes. Yes, I do. And believe it or not, it's the original Amiga 1000. From 1985, right here. Uh, this is actually the 3000 screen that's up on there. But but this little beauty, I bought at Amy West a couple of years ago.
3: Oh, and wow, yeah.
5: I absolutely love the Amiga 1000. I love the form factor of it. Uh, I love the fact that you can still expand these things. This guy has a vampire in it. So, you know, 128 megs of RAM, 68080 CPU in there, <laughs> uh, retargetable graphics. And yet, I can just run regular Amiga stuff on it, too. You know, if I want to pump stuff out through the RGB port, no problem. Paula still plays the same. But I love that machine for its form factor. And I love that machine for its incredible build quality. When they say they don't build them like they used to, they don't build them like the Amiga 1000 anymore. That the, the quality of that machine is, is just phenomenal. So she is yeah. me,
1: Number
4: two. Uh, You you missed the softball that I threw you there, Doug. You were meant to say the the A six hundred that I bought you.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. There she is. (laughs) Right there There she is. is. Yeah, Yeah.
5: and and she is beautiful. Um, Derek Fellows uh, sent me that um, that. Little knob on the top there, you see in the, the upper corner of it, yeah, uh, for yeah. my GoTech, and that just snaps right on, matches the color perfectly. So I can just change the uh, the the, the GoTech uh, ADFs just like nobody's business on there. Um, nice. she I love, I love her, I love her, and she uh, has a Furia in it right now, the yeah. 68020 Furia. And they name that card the Furia because it's so blessed, infuriating to use. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness.
4: Out yeah, of, I'll, out I'll, of I'll, probably- I'll, um- I've watched Chris's, Chris Edwards' video on that as well. He's he's uh, having some fun with that, especially with the HDMI mod that he's got in there as well. That was like every, trying to jam everything in.
3: I have one <laughs> too. So I have a Fury in mind too, Doug. And if I move that computer just the wrong way, the Fury will pop off of the chip. Yeah. So I got to be very careful because it's one of those uh, – accelerators that pops over the the CPU so you literally yeah, got to snap it that's on the
1: problem, isn't it? yeah
3: and uh, if I literally if my if I just move the box that it's in I got to always check that make sure that that thing snapped on right because it won't mm-hmm. move without it so yeah
5: yeah I have one compact flash card that works properly with a furia and it works flawlessly with that one card no other card will work with it so I, I use that card in it and that was working great and I love it then I got uh, sent to me um, the RGB to HDMI for the Amiga 600. I did a show on that too. But the minute I put that in the Amiga 600 along with the Furia, it's lockup city. It'll work for four or five minutes and just lock up. I can use the RGB to HDMI on its own. Works beautiful. 68,000 chip. I can use the Furia on its own. Beautiful. Put the two of them together, lockup city. But once you use an RGB to HDMI on an Amiga and you get that rock-solid, absolutely beautiful display on a modern monitor, it's so hard to go back. It's just... So I really want both of them to work. So I'm I'm working with a guy that made the RGB to HDMI, um, and I'm working with a couple other people trying to get it figured out why the Furia and and that device don't behave nicely together.
4: So is it just a lack of power?
5: I I bought a new... Power supply, one of the really good ones from Steve Clifford over at uh, Retropassion. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think it's a power issue. It could be, but I've tried it with three different power supplies that that power my Amiga 1200 with an 040 chip in it beautifully. So should and you find them? It, yeah, I, th- I think it's something besides power.
3: That's interesting, because that's exactly the roadmap I wanted to take, because I was going to get the RGB to HDMI from Retro Rewind, Rewind. Mm-hmm. and I was going to get it for my A600, and uh, but I have the Furio, too, so that's good to know, because I would have been scratching my head if that didn't work, but I'm going to try it. I'm mm. going to get one of those soon and give it a shot, because I'd love to use my A600 more.
5: Yeah. Let me let you guys on a little secret. Now, nobody's listening to this podcast, right? This is just between the three of us,
3: right? <laughs>
4: no, it's just, just us, yeah. yeah,
3: no
5: just else. us. Okay. There's a, a, a certain hardware manufacturer that may or may not be related to the shirts you two are wearing. Yeah. Who is just finishing up a buffered IDE interface for the Amiga 600 that... Very possibly will eliminate all of the Furia problems with compact flash cards and IDE devices.
4: Uh, I'm, I, I'm in the loop on this one.
5: Uh-huh. Oh yeah. man, yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, but, but just don't tell anybody because he hasn't released that yet, and I'm, I'm sure uh, he would no, be upset. No, no. I'm, I'm
4: not, 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 we're not going to say anything at all. No,
3: no, <laughs> no, no, no. Nope, I won't say anything at all. But I'm looking forward to that. And that might, I might just hold off on everything until that that pops out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm cool yeah because i i do want to get that 600 in action i love the form factor i love oh, i don't really care beautiful. about the, the yeah the numpad i'm not really that concerned about i just want to bbs on it play a few games do this and yep. that so i'm looking forward to that well i'm hoping that turns the corner soon that'll be awesome mm-hmm.
5: yep me too me too
3: good stuff cool all right any parting thoughts here it was nice to see you well, tim and Doug, but uh, it nice special see, guest. Right? But it's weird doing an Eric's take with with Tim on, but uh, it, it went very well. Awesome! I'm glad <laughs> you could join us. Glad you both could join us. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's good. Yeah, looking forward to the day when we can all get together in human form and have an actual beer together. That's going to be fun. Yeah.
3: yeah, that would be yeah. amazing. Yeah,
4: we, we are we are trying to make that happen.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
3: <laughs> There are some. There are some secret plans in the works. Not secret, <laughs> but ones we've talked about trying to get.
5: You can reveal the secret plans. Nobody listens to this podcast, anyways, guys. You're fine.
3: <laughs> oh with you. man! Well, I figured that Cody and I talked about it. Like shipping all of us over to Tim would be very expensive, but shipping Tim mm-hmm. over here that might not be. Yeah, so
4: I'm, bad. I'm only small, so you can get me in a box. Just about.
3: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Have your
4: wife poke a couple air holes in there, you're fine. Nah, I don't even need those. I'll, I'll just go to sleep. <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Doug, for letting us know the crown jewel of your collection. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to Doug's show, 10-Minute Amigo Retrocast, which is an amazing show. I'm a Patreon of that. I think, I think Tim is too, right? Uh,
4: not yet, but it's, not it's yet. on my list. I thought I heard no you pressure, Tim. There. No pressure.
3: Well, that, he that did is, send him. He, list. he did send him some amazing uh, equipment. So that, that Tim that's takes a, very
5: good care of me. Yes,
3: that, mm-hmm. that's a good contribution. So, uh, <laughs> but it's a great show. I know I learned a lot. I still talk about the. Uh, my favorite episode was the one just talking about Amiga OS because mm-hmm. I did not have an Amiga when I was a kid. I but I and so when I'm in. You know, the Amigo is pretty easy to use, but to get into the nuts and bolts of it, especially the shell, I had no idea what I was doing. And so I listened to the – I think it was a two-episode – it was two episodes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Once I listened I was good to go. I was, I was putting shell commands. I was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. So I appreciated that episode most of uh, – it was my favorite episode of all. So I'll put it yep. that
5: way. The Amiga OS tutorials are by far my uh, my most popular uh, videos on there. Are
3: them. they? Are they really? Yeah, okay, I, that's yeah, interesting. By, by, that's a good interesting. market. Awesome, perfect. All right, so uh, I'm going to let Doug and Tim go. Thanks a lot, guys, um, and I will see you. We will see you soon.
0: Hey guys, how about we take a little break and check with our friend over the pond? That's right. It's tea time with
2: Tim.
4: Have you ever wondered what the Vita in the PS Vita actually stands for? Find out on this episode of Tea Time with Tim. That amazing tune was from TKX on the PS Vita, and that was launched by Lamasoft. And the amazing intro track you heard was from The Legend of Heroes, The Trials of Cold Steel 2. First up, let's address the elephant in the room. Is the Vita retro? Well, I don't think so. With the handheld console version being first released in Japan in 2011, and technology wise, it kind of bridges the gap between the PSP and the PS3 in terms of performance. With that being said, hear me out with this one as I explain later. The reason why I feel it's important to cover the PS Vita is because it's now a very affordable platform to jump into retro gaming all in one place. That's also a handheld device with an amazing screen and all the controllers you need built right into the unit. The PS Vita has some great games native to the system. One of the main draws to this system was the launch from Llamasoft, that's Jeff and Giles, of their reimagined version of Tempest 2000 from the Jaguar called TXK. I've wanted to give this game a go, but with it only being available on the Vita as a download, it was a bit of a heavy investment just to play the game, with the consoles selling at the time for around about £200. Now fast forward to 2022, and myself, Cody and Eric were recording episodes 76 and 77 of the podcast, and we were discussing the Vita, and we were looking at the prices of the console. I could see now that they were sub £100 in some cases just for the console and the power supply. So maybe it was time I would grab one of these for the fun of it so I could at least play TXK. One other thing I was also aware was the ability to unlock the Vita now with different exploits so you can not only run Vita games but also make use of the first-party emulator for the PSP and some PS1 games. And I also found out there is a ton of homebrew games, hacks and applications available, and this is what has really got me drawn into it now, and even to the point of recommending the Vita for retro gamers. So just before we get into my recent journey with the Vita, let's go through a brief history of the Vita and some of the tech specs. So going back to what I mentioned at the top of the show, the PS Vita actually stands for life in Latin. It's a successor to the PSP that was first released in 2004. In as early as 2009, there appeared some rumours of a successor to the PSP that would use the SGX543 MP4 Plus graphics processor for ARM-based socks or system-on-chip designs. After a few years in design and dev kits released to developers, the PS Vita was launched in Japan in December of 2011. The Vita has a great specification, utilising an ARM Cortex-A9 with 4 cores, 512MB of main memory and 128MB of VRAM. With the form factor being similar to the PSP in the super oval shaped design, The early and more common version, the PCH 1000, having a beautiful 5-inch OLED capacitive touchscreen, and later the slightly thinner PCH 2000 version, having replaced the OLED with a lesser LCD screen, but this allowed to have extra battery life, so there was a bit of a trade-off. Personally, I think the OLED screen on the Vita is a big selling point and looks amazing. It also features two analogue sticks, the six-axis motion sensing system, two VGA resolution cameras on the front and back, the front camera also allowing for movement and facial recognition. And on the back of the console, there is also a touch-sensitive area that in some games replaces the second shoulder button, similar to that on the later-gen PlayStation controllers. There was no UMD format available for the Vita, so instead Sony opted for a custom Vita slot memory card format for the games, and also a separate slot for Vita memory card. This was changed in the later 2000 model, where it had a built-in 1GB memory card, but still retaining the Vita slot for the games. There was also a version of the Vita that came with a SIM slot for a 3G SIM to allow for online gaming on the move without the need for a Wi-Fi connection. However, this was discontinued and not included in the 2000 model. Alongside the handheld versions, Sony in 2013 launched the PlayStation TV. This essentially has the core functions of the Vita in a small set-top box that you can plug into an HDMI display fixed Ethernet port and Wi-Fi and allows you to connect the PS3 controller so you can play the Vita library of games on a big TV. But that was not all for the PS TV or the PlayStation TV. It also had the ability, as with the Vita, to use PS3 and PS4 remote play. So you could use PS3 and PS4 controllers with the PlayStation TV and remote control your other Sony consoles through through this little console in another room. Unfortunately, the PlayStation TV went very much under the radar and was only made by Sony for a couple of years, being discontinued in 2015. Now I think we're all caught up on the specs. As you can tell, the Vita is more than capable of being utilised for many things other than just its somewhat limited Vita library. And so, enter the hackers to unlock the true potential of the Vita as a homebrew and emulation beast. The Vita has long been the subject and target for hackers to unlock. Real progress has been made in the last couple of years and now, with a couple of exploits, you can unlock the PS Vita even on the latest firmware release at version 3.73. This can be done using two exploits, the first one being H Encore 2 and the second Vita Deploy. This allows you to jailbreak the Vita and also upload files to run once the exploit has been started. With version 3.73, it's needed to run this exploit each time you power up the Vita. You can use Midoru to downgrade the firmware to version 3.65 or version 3.60, and then use another program called Enzo, which is a permanent hack for the Vita. So you can have the exploit running at boot, as long as you do not upgrade the firmware again. Yeah, so that all sounds complex, right? Well, all you actually need is a package called Vita Deploy by SK Gleba. This package can be uploaded to the Vita using H-Encore and then allows you to directly install applications through the Vita. So you can back rev the firmware, install Vita Shell, that is a vital part of the chain and is a shell browser for the Vita file system and allows you to install programs you can then install a program called YAMPT. That allows you to switch your Vita's boot device over to the cartridge port rather than the memory card slot. Now the reason why you want to do this is the memory card slot only takes the official PlayStation Vita dedicated memory cards. Now these are expensive and not really readily available from new anymore. They go up to 64 gig in capacity. Now examples of costs are on eBay at the moment a 64 gig Vita card are changing hands for around about 60 to 80 pounds. So to solve this problem enter the SD to Vita. This is a really cheap and widely available adapter that slots into the Vita game port and allows you to use much cheaper micro SD cards. There is one very small snag with using YAMPT and micro SD cards. You can't use the popular Samsung Evo memory cards. I have used the SanDisk Ultras and up to 128 gig without any issues. So if you're thinking of doing this, the SD to Vita starts at around about four to five pounds, and you can use a SanDisk Ultra 32, 64, or 128, which you can pick up anywhere from like Amazon just using the smaller versions you're limiting yourself if you play and download some of the bigger vita releases that can go into gigabytes of space if however you're going to just go down the retro gaming route then a 32 or 64 meg uh, micro sd should be ample so once i had all this and opened up my vita with uh, vita deploy vita shell yampt and the sd to vita card you can go ahead and install the Vita Homebrew Browser. This opens up more utilities and hacks to be installed onto the system, along with emulators. This is the good part. So, there's the C64 Vice emulator, Amiga UAE version. You've also got SNES and Mega Drive, and there's even a cool Pico 8 emulator called Fake 08. Now we're all starting to see where I'm coming from with the Vita. And there's also an implementation of RetroArch, which opens up even more emulation possibilities for different systems based on the different cores that you can use with RetroArch. There is also an app called Amber Moon. I've not tried this one myself, but apparently that allows you to play Windows games and opens up even more emulators. As I've recently gone through the process of grabbing a PS Vita and installing all the exploits, I'm going to throw together my own guide and put this out as a video on our YouTube channel. You should be able to see this around the same sort of time as you're able to listen to this episode. So have a look on our YouTube channel and check it out. I'd also like to give some credit to YouTubers Modern Vintage Gamer and Mr. Mario 2011 and the Vita Hacks website whose videos and websites I've been using to help me with my Vita and also to put together this episode of Tea Time with Tim and the upcoming YouTube video. If this has inspired you to look up the Vita and potentially make a purchase I would recommend grabbing the 1000 version with the OLED screen. The SD to Vita adapters are on eBay and in plentiful supply. Look out for the cheaper ones and they were often shipping from China. So it might be worth spending a couple of extra bucks, pounds or euros and get the one that's closer to home for you. So the shipping is a bit quicker. Also, don't be fooled by paying extra for the version six or version seven SD to Vita over the version three. They're all the same. So don't worry about that. The PlayStation TV is also a valid alternative if you don't want the handheld console and want to use the Vita as like a mini emulation hub connected to a HDMI on a big screen. They're ideal for this, especially if you have some PS3 controllers kicking around. I'm going to grab one soon and get it configured. Please do let me know if this has inspired you to get a Vita yourself on the back of this episode. I would love to hear your feedback. You can get me on Twitter that's at Sanxion, S A N X I O N, or on the show Twitter, which is at pixel underscore Gaiden. or shoot us an email on the podcast email, which is podcast at pixelguiden.com. So that's it for this month. Catch you on the next one.
0: Cool. We, we, we've yeah. uh, pointed out our flaws. Yes, we did. We, we uh, gave money away and now it's uh, and we're a little 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 liquored up so let's go ahead and jump into the news
1: reporting the news it's a
0: good right. beer that's a good one it's a good beer i'm i'm enjoying this one all right real quick four quick bits of uh, breaking news because i want to make sure we have something that's actually news okay um Item number one, this came out literally 21 minutes before the show uh, started being recorded here on Mario Day. Hooray, Universal Studios Hollywood will be getting its own Super Nintendo World, says Nintendo Life. So we knew this was coming eventually. News is official. uh, Opening 2023. That's actually pretty quick. I was going to say that
3: is actually very, very soon to put up a whole little area in Universal Studios.
0: Um. And some of this is really cool because they're, they're talking about... I don't know how... I didn't read this yet, so I'm not going to read it too much about it. But they, they list a few things that would be really neat to see. Um, if it's anything like the one they built in Japan... Excuse me. You can go see videos of that one. That looks so fun. Um, I want to go... I want to yeah. go, go to there. All right. Simple enough. News item number two. I'm going to number them all. Um... Just came out today. F zero X is now available on switch online. If you have the Nintendo 64 act, uh, expansion pack.
3: I don't have that yet. Do you have that?
0: No, I didn't pay for that yet. Um, I need to look into the details again. My daughter does do the, uh, as as does yours do the animal crossing. So Mm -hmm. it comes with DLC. If you buy that expansion pack, Uh, I'll probably do it when the new super Mario eight tracks get released.
3: Is that, Okay, so 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 I do the basic online pack where I get like the net the Nintendo Entertainment System and Super Nintendo Entertainment System yep. games. I do that, but this is even you have to do the next. It's more money. I
0: think I think if I remember right, it's another fifteen bucks, and then you get the Genesis and Super Nintendo games, and then you also get that DLC and then DLC for the Super Mario Eight when that com- uh, Mario Kart Eight when that comes out.
3: Oh, so you have to have the premium one to get the Mario Kart DLC. I, I
0: believe that is the case.
3: Oh, man. All right. Well, I might have to do that because I've just been stick because I'm happy with just the NES and SNES versions, you know, getting those, but eh, I'll probably make the jump.
0: Um, This one, I just just came out as well. I thought it was pretty cool. Yesterday, they announced that Konami, um, you know, the company that used to make video games is actually starting to do more video game stuff again. They announced the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle Cowabunga Collection for the Nintendo Switch. I'm going to play the video here so you can watch it in the background. But basically, um, it includes, I believe, 13? Yeah, 13 Radical Classics, Eric. 13? Wow. The Ninja Turtle arcade game, Turtles in Time (laughs) arcade game, uh, NES uh, Ninja Turtles 1, 2, and 3, as well as Tournament Fighters, Turtles 4, Turtles in Time on Super Nintendo, Tournament Fighters on the Super Nintendo, Hyperstone Heist on the Genesis, Interesting. Tournament Fighters again on the Genesis. So you get Tournament Fighters on the Genesis, Nintendo, and Super Nintendo. Uh, the Game Boy game Fall Foot Clan. The Game Boy game Fall Foot Clan 2. And Ninja Turtles 3 on the Game Boy Radical Rescue. That's uh, a lot of games. I grew up with almost all these games, so this is just a huge nostalgia bomb for me right here. Yeah. Um, although, you know, the Tournament Fighters game is a it's a fighting one-on-one fighting game, so, you know, <laughs> not my thing.
3: But. I'm going to get you into that, because I'm going to force you to do a Battle of the Systems Fighters one of these days.
0: We should. We need to pick something for next month. I think you need to just get it out of the way. I'm ready for the punishment.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll think of something good.
0: One last quick bit of news before I... Get, actually, two pieces, Sorry I lied, before I turn it over to Tim here. Okay. Um, Advanced Wars 1 plus 2 reboot, unfortunately delayed in light of recent world events. So I guess because it's a tactical battle simulator, they don't want to release that in a time of war right now yeah uh which understandable but a bummer yeah. i wouldn't have been offended but you know i'm sure people would be some people right uh capcom fighting collection beep, beep, beep. opening this one right now and this is being released i believe for all modern systems including i believe including steam um yep steam ps4 switch xbox one coming june 24th and if you like fighters eric which i don't uh, <laughs> I do.
1: I
3: love them. I
0: love Everything. them. We're, let's see, we got Cyberbots, Darkstalkers, Night Warriors, Vampire Savior, Vampire Hunter 2, Vampire Savior 2, Super Street Fighter 2, the Anniversary Edition, Super... Hyper! hyper, hyper. Uh, Gem Fighters, Puzzle Fighter 2. Hey, there's one I like. Yeah, that's a good one. Gem yeah. Fighter
3: is great, too. Have you played Gem Fighter? That's I have good not one. played
0: that, that one, no. That's a, You'd like that one. That's good. And uh, Red Earth, which I'm not familiar with. So...
3: No, uh, is this going to get a physical release? I hope so.
0: I have no idea. All the other ones it, have. The other collections have.
3: Yeah, if it has a physical release, I'm uh, I'll probably grab this because I love Street Fighter. Love it.
2: Love it.
0: All right, Tim, what do you got?
3: Okay. New game by Show Patreon and Game Coding Wonder Roy Fielding. Yes, Roy. Roy Strainy on Turtle. Or at Roysterini on Twitter, <laughs> but his game is called Turtle for the C64, released under the Mega Style label, is a slightly stinky play on the popular Wordle word guessing game. Turtle initially started out as a silly idea for the Reset 4K Craptastic competition for C64, but I decided to embellish on it a little and release it now while there's still steam rising off of it. I'm sure that's Roy saying that.
0: Yeah, this is for Roy.
3: Now available for free on Roy's itch.io page. You can even play it in the browser from the itch.io page. So, Turtle64, and I saw this. It's like Wordle, but it's like turd-based.
0: <laughs> all the words are uh, defecate-related, yes. Right. That's it. <laughs> Way to go, yeah, Roy. So,
3: which is cool. I don't know. Have you do, you do you play Wordle at all?
0: You know what? Honestly, literally, I was listening to another um, podcast today that finally explained what the game is, because I always saw the little things that people tweet yeah, and just my personality. If everybody's into something, I can't like it. I'm not, I'm not going to allow myself to even learn about it. Oh, that's a, that's a, you're going to miss out on so much. I know. I know. So I finally learned how it works today because, um, and it's not what I had in my mind. So anyways, no, I, the answer is no.
3: So I, I, I will say I do play it almost every day, except when I get busy at work, but I play it. My wife plays it. And then we, you can send your statistics back and forth, uh, through the interface and so we see h- how many tries it takes to And my daughter's even into it now so we all three of us play it almost every day. So Now, the, fam-
0: now the family needs to get together to figure out how many turd words they can come up with.
3: Exactly. I'm going to have to pop this on and like display it as a kiosk in my house. And see
0: I see need to figure can. out how many p- potential cuz it's only five letter words, right? Isn't that the whole idea?
3: At least Wordle is I don't know about this one I haven't
0: played it yet. How many five letter words relating to poop can there really be i mean there's got to be enough for at least a craptastic hey there's a fun pun uh yeah. competition game interesting
3: yeah we'll have to we'll have to check that out and we'll, we'll uh update we'll update everybody
0: speaking of turs eric what's going on new with the jaguar <laughs> <laughs> so check this out i figured this i enjoyed would that too you. much
3: i think this might be uh something right up your alley here if you haven't already found a solution for this but I would love this. if When when I get a Jaguar, I love little devices like this. Yep. It's a little thing that plugs into the back of your Jaguar. It is called a Jagatoa. Is that right? Jagatoa?
0: Uh, jag Iowa.
3: jag Iowa, There we go. Yeah. I
1: don't
3: know. <laughs> so it is a thing that plugs into the video ports in the back of the Jaguar, but it gives you um, composite and S-Video, and I think it's... That one port on the left, I think, is something different.
0: That's the it Genesis. Be... That's the Genesis. Uh, exactly. Output. Eleven. Yeah. Pin. So you
3: can get a. You can get the Gen- Genesis two cables, and uh, plug it into the back for uh, a better video signal out. So, um, I thought this was really neat. This is, kind of reminds me of that one you got for the Turbo sixteen.
0: Yeah. So, so I don't. Uh, I do have a solution, but I think it's not. Uh, you don't have a jaguar yet so maybe you don't realize what this plugs into but uh the jaguar which um you know a brilliant ahead of its time machine right eric yes. you know coming out to compete against the playstation and the nintendo 64 <laughs> right um and the uh saturn um only had rf out eric
3: Which is criminal, that is, that's disgusting
0: At that point, it was, I mean, the Super Nintendo came before, the NES came before it had composite out Right It only had RF out, and then what this plugs into is actually just a big uh, Like the expansion port or something Yeah, basically, uh, what do you call it, the uh, It's it's the PCB that sticks out the back with uh, the fingers on it, I can't think of what that's called right now Edge connector Yeah So this just attaches to the edge connector and breaks those signals out um, to be usable So I do have one that breaks it out to composite only I don't have the other fancier uh, Signals so this okay. should be a step up From what I have but I do have a solution at this point
3: Gotcha okay Well this one looks like it gives you a lot of options Yeah composite, it Genesis nice Genesis 2 cable and I think that says video over on the right um, Yep So uh, man I bet that makes the Jaguar Look pretty awesome so If you have a Jaguar check this out It'll be in the show notes the link will be in the show notes
0: Humble bazooka
3: humble bazooka
0: uh this is a good one that all three of us found (laughs) so
3: (laughs) right tim tim beat us to the punch by putting it in the notes
0: we'll go ahead and read eric because i think you actually already partook and i have not yet so
3: yes and i bought this already and i but i i literally bought it yesterday i haven't even looked at the games that are in here but it is amazing so itch.io bundle for ukraine here and this is tim speaking the people of ukraine are under attack (laughs) Wow.
0: That's Tim very got right direct. To the
3: point there. Yeah, Tim got right to the point. The people of Ukraine are under attack. As game developers, we want to create new worlds, not to destroy the ones we have. That's why we banded together to present this charity bundle to help Ukrainians survive this ordeal and thrive after the war ends. This cause has resonated with creators around the globe to the extent that our bundle contains almost a thousand games. And I think it's even more now. They keep, yeah, it keeps developers growing. keep joining and keep adding stuff. 1,000 games, tabletop RPGs, books, etc. And I know there's, I was looking through there, there's even like screen, not screensavers, but backgrounds and graphics and all sorts of stuff. All this for a minimum donation of $10, but please give more to this cause. And there's a link, it'll be in our show notes, and you can just Google it and find it. I think there are, um, see, that that is amazing. So Cody just brought up that they've raised almost 3.9 million out of, their goal is four 4 million. When I bought this Cody, it was not even close to that. I mean, it was, it was good, but I think it was almost like almost to 3 million. Yeah. So just, just in like a day, they've
0: raised another million.
3: That's pretty amazing. So, um, Get in there. Bundle for Ukraine on itch.io. You can look it up. You can look at our show notes. But it is for a great cause. There are great games in here. Look at that, Cody. Even CrossCode, which we've talked about multiple times on the yep. show, is in there.
0: I was noticing that. Uh, Skatebird is probably the, the most known game right now. Uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a $25 game all day long. It's about a b- yep. bird that, that rides a skateboard. Yeah. Um,
3: the graphics look really cool in that game. <laughs>
0: yeah i mean there's a lot of new stuff in this figment i've seen i've seen this one but um oh super hot's in here i've been wanting to get a, a copy of super hot so there we go uh zero ranger this one uh is worth the price of admission for me alone um normally, See, it looks like
3: 12 bucks normally so I mean, normally 12
0: bucks so there you go i save two dollars and give it to charity right uh right. i'm not going to say i donate because let's to be honest i'm buying games but yeah. knowing the proceeds go to charity that's great um that is great but this is a, just a, a killer-looking um, schmup right here. <laughs> so uh, excited about that one. Uh, so many other games in here. A lot of them... Oh, Sundered. Sundered. This is, was, was this my game of the year last year, I think, if I remember Eldritch, correctly.
3: Eldritch Edition, yeah.
0: Yep. Loved it. So hop in here. Very similar to the uh, the one they that Itch Bundle they did uh, for Black Lives Matter a while back, where Eric yep. and I still have not gone through two percent of the games that we got i have um, not
3: even not even gone through a fraction of them so yeah i'm looking forward to this one too because there are a lot of additional games in this one a lot of it's kind of almost like a refreshed list here so
0: yeah gonna have to pick this up and it looks like right now even though they're almost at the goal of four million that doesn't mean they're going to stop there i'm sure no. i think the no. ukraine needs more than four million dollars to uh to uh they, they have more need than that um yeah. Looks like the average com- contribution right now is $14.48, so let's raise the average. How, how about that?
3: Exactly. And look, somebody did a $9,000 top contribution.
0: Insane. Insane. That was um, All right. Another quick one here. I've heard every other show on our network, the Amigos Retro Video Game Network, uh, yeah. talk about the tank mouse, but I have to man- mention it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's a new tank mouse for your wireless Amiga oh wireless tank mouse for your amiga uh that also why well, I, I, I screwed this all up wireless wireless <laughs> mouse reminiscent of the tank mouse from the original a500 amigas that works on your pc or mac um they're making it in two colors black and white i'm not sure why the black but hey uh but i know a lot of people love that two button chunky tank mouse and I even believe it is this new mouse um does it say on here I believe it's actually done with a laser rather than the original rolly ball. Um I think you're right. So yeah, if you, you like know, that aesthetic, you can hop on here and one pre-order. thing that wasn't
3: clear in the other like uh, the other shows was can you use this with your actual Amiga? Is there an adapter? Is there like a 9 pin Wireless dongle that you can plug into your Amiga and use this on your Amiga. That would be amazing.
1: Is that right. sure.
3: The way I've said it, like, yes, it you show can one. use it with your PC and Mac, Mac but I don't know. I'm going to look into this a little bit more to see if you can use it with your Amiga. And if you can, I'm, I might buy that. That would be pretty fun to have.
0: Yeah. Um, Eric, two new things with the Evercade. First of all, and we'll talk yeah. more about next show, the yeah. Evercade Versus was finally released to the Americas. Yeah! yeah, We finally got it! We both got ours, and we'll I'm sure talk about it, review it a little bit next uh, episode on the 30th. Uh, but they also announced some new cartridges that uh, I think we need to discuss. So yes. I'm very excited about this. So, of course, um, when the new Evercade Versus uh, console came out, it is a basically a consoleized version of the evercade handheld they released a year only about a year ago year and a half ago um it plays cartridges of a whole all kinds of old games and new games based off of uh existing architecture honestly even though they don't advertise it that way but nes uh genesis primarily um some 32 bit stuff as well uh so when they come out with this versus system they released a four new games for that that work with the handheld and everything as well, but the new games are purple because they're all arcade-based. You have the Technos Arcade Pack, Data East Arcade Pack, Galico Arcade Pack, and Atari Arcade Pack. A lot of these are games that we already have, but they're the original arcade versions rather than the like NES or Genesis ports that right. we've received in the red versions of those cartridges. Um, so those are all out and available to buy now. However, they also announced some games coming up here and i'm excited about all four of these eric very very excited about all four of these uh first one they mentioned is the renovation collection one and if you've never heard of renovation then you've never played a shmup on the genesis um looks like 12 classic and rare and they are rare games uh come into the evercade under the renovation collection uh the first ones are not shmups (laughs) of course as i as i say that Arcus Odyssey, <laughs> Beast Wrestler, Dinoland, which is actually a pinball game, El Viento, which is some kind of a platform game, not sure, uh, I don't know a ton about that one, Exile, an RPG, Final Zone is a shoot-em-up, I own, uh, I used to own a complete-in-box, Geyers. I don't know how to say that, Geyars, Gary, it's a horizontal, um, awesome horizontal shmup, Granada is a vertical shoot-em-up, uh, Sol Dees, another vertical shoot-em-up, actually it's kind of... Um, I think that one's almost like a uh, Space Megaforce kind of feeling game. Yeah. An RPG called Trazia and a couple platformers, Valis and Valis 3. I don't know what happened to Valis 2. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Didn't make the cut.
0: Didn't make the cut. Those are, those are great games. I've, I played a lot of those and love them. Uh, there's a Gremlin collection. Unfortunately, only six games in this one, but if you are from... Uh, of England... <laughs> Or if you are of the Amiga.
3: Yeah, in a certain time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Actually, now that I'm looking at the games they chose, they're actually not very Amiga at all. But uh, Zool absolutely is. And Utopia, that looks like it might be an Amiga game there. Um, Actua Soccer, which looks like a PlayStation game. Braden Bender, puzzle game, uh, black and white. So that's got to be Game Boy. Hardcore 4x4 racing game. And Premier Manager '97, a sports title. So I'll be honest, this one doesn't appeal to me. Okay. The, the Gremlin co- Collection does not.
3: Fair enough. Fair I don't enough.
0: know if that fits your what you. This one, oh, uh, Morphcat Collection, one. Yeah. Uh, now there's these are more akin to the ones I like. These are there's only a few games on here, <clears throat> but they are the modern releases that they they they've been selling for the Nintendo. So Eric, you and I have played Micro Mages.
3: Yes, we have.
0: All the way through and beat it, and now you can play it on your Evercade. Then they went ahead and made new levels and called it Micromage's Second Quest. Um, I've heard amazing things, although I haven't tried it myself yet. A game called Bobble, B-O with an umlaut over it, B-L. It's a platform mm. game where you guide a bubble a bubble through uh, some levels, and it's supposed to be amazing. And a platform game I've heard great things about called Space Goals. Another NES game. And uh, for some reason, they put a demo on here. I don't know if I like that they threw demos onto a cartridge, but hey, super bat puncher demo. Never heard of it. Yeah, if you want to support a modern dev who's making new stuff for the NES, you get five games here on a cartridge. 20 bucks. Come on.
3: That's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. I I would get that one just for micromages. I played that with my son, too. I think we played. We we played together, all three of us. Yep. yeah all three of us played that so that would be a fun one to have on the evercade for sure
0: and we'll have to play the second quest and then the last one in television collection Two. i still don't have my first in television collection um uh, but i bunch 12 good in television games on one cartridge tower of doom cloudy mountain cloudy mountain is probably my favorite in television game hover force star strike motocross mud buggies auto racing vectron mountain madness super pro skiing super pro decathlon sharpshot and reversi so there we go. Some television game story. I love the system. Very cool.
3: Absolutely. Very cool. No, I, I think that I think that looks awesome. And mm-hmm. I will definitely be picking up a couple of
0: those. And the beer is still tasting awesome.
3: I'm I finished mine. I'm ready for round 2. Round been, 2. I've been I, I've
0: been doing more talking. Now you talk, I drink.
3: Okay, sounds good. So Street Fighter 2 Champion Edition, hot news, as a glorious in-development C64 Edition gets a demo. So Ooh. they are making Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition on the Commodore 64. Uh, this thing, <laughs> you know... I
0: need to watch video <laughs> of this.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if this is going to be good or not because <laughs> I am a huge Street Fighter 2 fan and I, I, I consider myself pretty decent at the game. This...
1: It, it, it,
3: <laughs> how do I, put I, 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 I want to see this done because I, cause there were, there was a street fighter game that was released for the Commodore 64 and it was horrible. It was, it was just ridiculous. It wasn't even playable. It was, it was horrible. Not even worth looking into. This one looks like a competent little fighter for the Commodore 64 I don't know if it's going to appeal to a real hardcore street fighter to aficionados, but it, it, I, I love the effort. I think it's going to be in the, I'll play it. I'll, I'll play it for sure. I'll give it a good go. But, um, I think it is kind of, uh, I think it'll surprise a lot of people because it is, it's, it's shaping up to be one of the better fighters on the Commodore 64.
0: A lot of people struggled with Street Fighter on the Genesis because it only had three buttons, Eric. That's instead right. Of, instead of the necessary six. Yep. The Commodore has how many buttons? Remind me again.
3: Yeah, one button. <laughs> so this one's going to be very, very uh, weird to play. But uh, I, like I said, I still want to see what they do with it. I still, I'm intrigued by it. So there you go. I don't ba- It's going to be great, but it's going to be interesting.
0: Battle of the System, Super Nintendo Street Fighter 2 versus Commodore 64 Street Fighter 2. <laughs> Who's going to win?
3: Exactly. So, anyway, if you could tell by the video, though, it looks pretty cool.
0: Graphically, yeah, very amazing.
3: Yeah. So, here's one from Tim. Thanks to Doug at Tenmark for the heads up on this. Teuton Common C64. This game for Commerce 64 is the port of Teuton Common, an arcade game developed by Konami in 1982. This port was developed by LC Games and is available on itch.io now, and you can name your price.
0: Teuton Common, so, by the way. What is it? Just Tutankham.
3: Is it? Oh, is it not? Oh, it's just Tutankham. Tutankham. Okay, I read that wrong. For people that don't know, like I'm looking at a shared screen of our notes, and like the text <laughs> is tiny. It is tiny, so I need get my get a bigger screen. To play, to get a bigger it. screen. I, I yeah, I should do that.
0: But I anyway. played a little of Tutankham. I, it's a fun game. It's a fun game.
3: I never played this, so I I, th- I may try to play it for the first time
0: yeah it's pretty good it's a little weird it's it's a little weird because you can only shoot left and right when you go up and down you can't shoot up and down you're still only shooting left and right okay but uh it's just one of those kind of weird restrictions of the old games that they just kind of went with and it made gameplay based around it and it it works out all right
3: and what do you know what was that originally an arcade game
0: i believe it was an arcade game yeah
3: okay so, it's not a port from another system. It's just an arcade port.
0: I've played ports of it on different systems. I couldn't, I can't tell you right now which one it was. Um, okay. Might have been Atari uh, 20, uh, 800. Um, I picked out one item from our friends over at Ret- Indie Retro News. Yeah. And I actually did try this one because I had to give it a shot. Um, so, we talked about this. Remember, I, I brought
3: it up, it was a news item of mine.
0: Oh is it oh was it? Yeah, you, remember already, that? you already talked no. about this. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I doubled but, but, up. Not, but you hadn't tried it, so tell well, us what you thought. Now I've tried it. Final Assault, a rather impressive first person shooter by GMG for the Atari eight bit. Well excuse me. Uh, <laughs> as we talked to Eric, we we did uh, a section we, we studied for six good games um for the Atari and so i wanted to give this game a shot because it looks so impressive and and it's amazing it's a first person shooter that works well um you know visually it works well you it, you've got different weapons you can select with the numbers one through five they yep. all got their own ammo uh there's enemies there's uh, it's impressive it's it's um it's kind of like playing wolfenstein on the atari almost but it's a whole different a whole new game it's surprisingly
3: um, smooth for the Atari. I mean, for for, for an 8-bit system, I'm not going to say just the Atari. It's surprisingly smooth.
0: Yeah, it absolutely is. Now, what I will say is, is, uh, and you can actually strafe. However, you can strafe with keys. However, the, your, your joystick is doing up, down, left, and right. So I, don't, I found, didn't find a way to actually use it well yeah. in the game. Um but, yeah, it's, it's it's very impressive. I don't know if the gameplay itself is very entertaining, but the, as a tech demo, it's amazing. And they have a map in there. Right. So pretty cool. Pretty darn cool. Yeah, it it's great. Um, next. no. Oh. No, nope. no, you're right. Mind's it is you. Neck. I'm sorry.
3: So this, this game uh, we talked about before, I think, on a show maybe four episodes back or something. Microprose oh, is yeah. back, baby! Microprose as a publisher is back, and I, I I love it. Microprose was one of my very very favorite ones back in the Commodore 64 era with all the flight simulators, the helicopter simulators, all that stuff. Um, so when I read about this, I was very excited. It's called Tiny Combat Arena, and I had been watching like I've been watching and waiting for this, and watching some of the uh, demo. Uh, reels of the graphics and stuff like that it, this has a very unique style to it um it it is almost like very 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 smooth high frames per second but it almost looks very low polygon low polygon exactly um very low polygon but so smooth and so anyway i found fa- i saw it on um on steam i think it was 13.99 for now the price is going to go up as it gets because it's still in early beta all the game modes aren't there and you can only play one plane right now which i think is the f4 uh but i loaded this up and i played it for about a half an hour i want to play it more but i ran out of time um it it is awesome it's very easy to get into it's not the it's not it's not geared for flight simulator people would, that are all into everything. Hey, hit, hit this key to raise your landing gear. Hit this to do this or that. This is a more action it's arcade like like style,
0: a small dogfight simulator.
3: Yep. So it's well and bombing runs and oh, okay. There, there are all sorts of modes in here. So you can do bombing runs. You can do dogfighting. The mode. The only mode I got to play so far was four on four. So you have three computer allies and then you're fighting four other fighters and then you're just dog fighting so you got to get a lock on so you're trying to maneuver your maneuver to get behind them and you are doing all sorts of aerial maneuvers to try to to get a missile lock on and if you get too close you switch to guns as they say in top gun Switch um, to guns that's right um very cool game i i am really digging this i am very eager to see what they do with it uh it's right up my alley, and it's very retro-inspired with the graphics and the low-polygon count. So check it out. It is a Tiny Combat Arena on Steam. I like it. I like it. What do you think of the graphics? Pretty slick, huh?
0: Yeah, now that you've kind of described it to me, this is a game that I would never would... If I saw that, I would just skip past it and never think twice, but yeah. you've talked me up on it. And then, like you said, the, the logo Microprose does excite me. Oh man, um, I, I'm trying I to remember love, which games I fell in love with MicroProse on because it would it would have been in the 90s. It would not have been the Commodore era. So I'm trying to yeah. remember which. I want to say that by that point, it was more strategy games is more is what I typically associated they had with them. Strategy
3: with. games. I can't remember the. There was one in particular. Oh man, I, it's it's on the tip of my tongue. There was one in particular that me and my buddy really got into. It was a real-time strategy game, but it was like in star in the stars like in planets and you're like trading goods between planets uh very cool game but anyway Microprose well, is back
0: well going from um oops i opened the same one again I was, gonna ho- I was hoping to open open this in steam as well let me do this so speaking of steam games there's my segue yeah. so Microprose um made tiny combat arena and right now i'm just taking a look i know it's an early access uh, released on February 22nd, it got very positive reviews, and it has 545 reviews. Yep. Um, the game I'm about to talk about, which let me pull it up here, and there's a reason I want to talk about this. This game, all of a sudden, it looks like nothing. Um, all of a sudden, it, it just blew up, and I'm like, I there's a part of me that didn't want to jump on board, because, again, just like Wordle, if everyone's into something, I don't want to be into it. <laughs> but I'm like I had to figure out why so many people were into this game. Okay. And uh it's called Vampire Survivors. Yep. uh so let's see, February twenty second was Tiny Combat Arena. Okay, this one came out on December 17th, so about it had a month jump. Uh overwhelmingly positive with fifty eight thousand four hundred and fifty four reviews, Eric. Wow. Um this game actually broke the record for most people playing online at one time. That's insane. Um, like, it tripled the amount that Fortnite had at any one time in the, in February. It's, like, insane. And I don't... <laughs> I just don't know why. So, anyways, this game, uh, early access, it's $2.99. So, I'm like, okay, for three bucks, I got to jump on there and I got to try it. Um, and this game is... Literally, if you look at it, like, you're like... Well, this, it's the most basic game in the world that... You're just like, what? what is it? Um, I'm trying to think of how to describe it. It's definitely a game, if you want to call it, has roguelike aspects where you're going to die and then take all the gems you saved and buy upgrades and then go again. And you do it over yeah. and over and over again. But you're literally a vampire in the middle of the screen or some guy. You, you get to pick different characters as you unlock them. Your only buttons are up, down, left, and right. That's all you have. So you're literally just moving around up, down, left, and right. And you start with a character that literally has a sword slash and he just attacks like every three seconds over and over and over again. And then you get enough gems by killing bats and collecting their gems to get a power up. And now all of a sudden maybe you can You'll choose between three or four power-ups. Maybe you'll get um, a second sword slash, so now you're, you attack in both directions every three seconds. And then you get another power-up that is to throw a boomerang. And so now you're doing that every couple seconds. And then you get another upgrade that makes you attack 10% quicker, so now you're doing every 2.6 seconds. And more and more enemies keep coming in. I'm trying to play the gameplay for you here. And you just get more and more powerful trying not to touch anything, but trying to be close enough and be in the right location so that when your attacks happen, you're attacking things. Um, There's gems everywhere. There's chests that open that allow you to collect a ton of gold, and the gold is what you can spend after you die to buy more perks. It's simple and stupid and somewhat addicting. I enjoy it. I don't I, I would say I would I would rate it as a positive, and I understand on Steam you can only give it two ratings: thumbs up, thumbs down, or I guess you don't give it a rating or middle ground. So I guess that's three ratings. I would give it a thumbs up, so I guess I would be part of the uh, the overall score here of overwhelmingly positive. But if I was giving it a percentage score, I'd probably give it like a, an eighty, like it's okay.
3: Yeah, eighty is pretty good. Um, so. It- you had mentioned that they had more players online. Is it a multi? Can it be multiplayer or is it just single player?
0: No, it I, looks single to my player. knowledge, it's single player. So that means that people are all playing this on or, you know, you, you have to play it online because that's how they award you things. I think it's oh, no okay. like DLC or any any of that stuff. It's a You buy the whole game, but it's on Steam. So yeah. the achievements and stuff get get, you know, registered. OK, uh, there's a lot of achievements. But yeah, people are all just online playing this game by themselves at the same time. And just everyone was playing it. All of a sudden, it's nuts. It's absolutely nuts. Yeah, it looks really cool. I mean, I I, I don't know. I I would say it's worth the two ninety nine. If that's
3: two ninety nine, I mean, you can't beat that price.
0: Eleven characters, twenty seven weapons, fifteen power ups, eleven pickups. I mean, it's just funny. There's nothing remarkable about the game. The the graphics are pixely, but they're not even like impressively pixely. They're just kind of right, stagnant, ugly pixely. But it does have a lot of things on screen at once. That's something. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. There was really seems like a
3: game that would be pretty good on the switch, but it's only on PC for now, huh?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'll make it there. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, interesting. It's it's all the rage right now, Eric. It's all the rage.
3: What if it's part of our pack? Our Ukraine pack?
0: I doubt it. It's still in early access.
3: That's true. All right. All right. Okay, so this next one I got is, uh, this is in development. It is a footy game, which for for a lot of us Yanks is a a soccer game. (laughs) But it is for the Amiga and CD32. Cool. CD32, yay. And it is a, um, instead of like most of the soccer games that are on the Amiga, which are very top-down-ish, like Sensible Soccer, this one has a very cool, um, almost like isometric feel to it. So it's very kind of a 3d
0: into the screen. Yeah. 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 So if you put down at hitting, an angle.
3: Yeah. So if you, if you play that video, it, it, so this is still very early, um, still very early beta on this, but
0: yeah, it's oh, yeah. Sort of, that does feel 3d. That's cool. So yep. it's
3: kind of got this very 3d feel to it, but you are dribbling the ball up and you, you're playing soccer. But I think once they actually get the AI in here, where the enemy players are actually doing something. because This is just a little demo that you can see on. If you follow the link, you'll go to Indie Retro News is where I saw this. It's very promising. I mean, listen, if, even if you don't like soccer, soccer, soccer um, video games are fun. I played FIFA a lot with my son. Um, You know, I play a lot of the soccer games on the Amiga. They're a blast. And if they can pull this off with this perspective, I think it's going to make a very unique game for the Amiga.
0: Very cool. I'm curious that once the opposite team gets the ball does the whole aspect just change towards the other goal Yep. I'm curious about how that uh, yeah, will work hope out so.
3: and what was the name of this one again I think I'm going to commit that sin oh, of not man. saying the name of the game it's Suv- Sovran-, Sovran
0: Sovran Soccer Sovran Soccer yeah I'm going to say that yeah let's go with that what do there, you
3: got in next there Cody
0: we got a whole bunch of uh, new media coming out with video games kind of related to our question yeah, so, the quick um, question
3: we talked about.
0: In fact, uh one I didn't even put a link to because I've seen it all over uh the Super Bowl had ads for it all over the place. But uh the movie Uncharted, it's actually yeah. already out. Uh so Uncharted, probably one of my favorite video game series ever. Absolutely love it. Um came out with a movie where Mark Wahlberg is Sully. Now that's weird to me, but <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, Uncharted. I don't know what else to tell you. I think everyone's seen it at this point if you've watched any TV. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the way it looks as far as representing the game perfectly, but I've never been a stickler for that. Uh, if it's gonna, if I'm gonna see a movie about Uncharted and it has, you know, 50% of it feels like Uncharted, I'm gonna be stoked. It's such a good game, such an entertaining game, such a story-driven game that almost is a movie itself. Yeah. Um, my only complaint, just looking at the preview is that everyone looks way younger than they should in the game you're not that young yeah. <laughs> sully's a, an old gray man who's you know retired he's not he's not um mark Wahlberg. right <laughs> and this and, other um, kid looks 16 whoever he is
3: tom holland come on spider-man come
0: on oh i don't know who that is i haven't seen spider-man either what no i no idea how he's that kid 16 he looks 16
3: I think he's older than that, but yeah, it could be, I, I, I tried to play Uncharted. I wasn't, I, I it didn't gel with me.
0: <laughs> oh, I love it so much. It's funny though. Cause they do do kind of like the, the thing like they did with doom when they made a Doom movie and they're like, Hey, let's take the video game se- sequences and put it right in the movie. Yeah. So they've got like this cargo ship uh, a- airplane when the cargo is hanging out the back and he's jumping across the cargo as it dangles behind the plane and, you know, barely <laughs> catching on the ledges and just, you know, that's straight out of the game. So, yep. That looks cool. All right. Next one, Eric. Yeah. This one, I came out of nowhere for me. I didn't even realize it was being made uh, until one day I went on Netflix and it's like, come watch the Cuphead uh, cartoon show. And I'm like, what? I absolutely love Cuphead. I love the animation in the video game. And I don't know if I should watch this or not because I can't imagine what the content's going to be. I feel like it's just going to take me out of it because in Cuphead, the, the... Cuphead and Mugman don't talk; they're just exciting, right? Yeah. So now they're going to put voices to it and make them try to be funny and stuff. I I just don't feel like it's going to be. I don't want to ruin my love of Cuphead.
3: <laughs> yeah, I wonder who the who's going to be the voice actors for Cuphead, and what's going to be interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I I don't know who the audience would be because you know it's it's made to look like a an old cartoon show, but yeah. if they made okay. it like that, then kids wouldn't want to watch it. Adults might not even want to watch it, but it, it, so it's probably geared towards kids. But most people play Cuphead, it's a very extremely hard platform game. It would be adults. I'd almost want it to be an adult related show. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. So
3: uh, you should check it out. I think I don't think you should avoid it. I think you should check it out and see if it, if, if after the first episode you don't like it, then you can just always go back to the game and pretend, pretend it didn't exist.
0: Yeah, it looks just like the game, though, which is so cool.
3: Yeah. And yeah then that looks a- great right on it.
0: And then the last one, Eric, I'll let you talk about it because this is more your baby.
3: Yeah, so Twisted Metal is probably Twisted Metal 2 is my definitely hands down my favorite game on uh on the PlayStation 1 and they announced that there's going to be a Twisted Metal can't remember if it was going to be a movie or if it was going to be I think it's a it's a TV series, that's right. So yep. Twisted Metal TV series and it's going to star um I think his name's Anthony Mackie. Is that his name?
0: Oh, I don't know. It was in the tweet that I,
3: that I, that I originally sent out.
0: Oh, uh, shit. I think I,
3: I, I linked there. It is at the bottom there right below. Yeah. So Anthony Mack, the guy who was, who played, uh, the Falcon in the Marvel movies and, and is the new captain America. Um, he is going to be an Anthony Mackie. There we go. He's going to star and executive produce a live action adaptation of the video game, twisted metal. Now, do I think this is going to be good? I have no idea. I like Anthony Mackie a lot. I think he's a great actor. Um, but I don't, I can't, I don't know how, what they're going to make a TV series out of with Twisted Metal. I mean, he really is driving around, and there's this psychotic ice cream car driver that is, has a clown mask and has fire coming from his is head. Is that
0: who he's playing? Uh,
3: no, I don't think that's who he's playing. But Anthony Mackie? That's a, Mackie? Character, that's that's a good it- character in Twisted Metal.
0: And um, when they say he's starring, I mean, is he... Uh, oh, is that he, might
3: just be the villain.
0: Well, I was, was going to say, is he going to be one of the drivers? Are any of the drivers the stars? who Who's the protagonist? I have no idea how this is going to turn I, out. Who? I,
3: me either. It could be a total train wreck.
0: It's going to be like <laughs> Super Mario Brothers, a movie, all over again.
3: But I'm willing to try. I'm willing to watch this and give it an honest appraisal here.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting.
3: Yep. So. Cool. Cody, let's say you have a cartridge that has a bunch of saves on it from your childhood. Let's say I do. Let's say you have that. And you the battery might be wearing out or the cartridge might be wearing out or you're worried about it and you want to save it for posterity. What do you do?
0: Uh, no idea, Eric. You tell me. You buy this new
3: device coming up um, that is... Man, it's hard to explain. Just like two pieces of plexiglass. And this is probably a prototype. But you basically can put a number of cartridges in a super Nintendo n 64 mega drive slash Genesis game boy, game boy color, game boy advance all it has cartridge slots for all of those. You put it in there and it will not only rip the ROM for you. So this connects to your PC. It will not only rip the ROM, it'll take the saves and save them to a file on your PC as well. And you can go the other way too. So you can download someone's save. So let's say like I unlock all the characters, in let's say, you know, some game and you want all those unlocked without having to play it, I can give you my save and you can load that save up on your cartridge or in your emulator or whatever. So I don't see, I don't do a lot of that stuff because I don't have a lot of cartridges that I keep saves on. I usually use an EverDrive that where it saves it to a file anyway. But um, this could be handy for some people that really want to archive their saves or swap saves or something like that or you just want to rip all your old cartridges and you want to do it the legal way
0: save the hero project
3: yep it's called save the hero project it's japan based um it looks like it's probably only going to be about 70 pounds or 93 bucks here yep that's what it says yeah so i don't know i think it's a neat concept i i it's definitely i'm not the market for this but i'm sure there is a market for it
0: yeah.
3: So I think that's pretty neat.
0: The more hardware, the better. I like it. Yep. Wicked awesome. So let's see. Um, all right. I'm going to dive in a little bit of sad news before we finish up here. I uh, don't want to go there, but we have to go there. A couple, couple things I want to mention. Uh, Eric, you probably don't know the name Lyman sheets. I do not know it at all. So when I was very much into pinball and I'm trying to, by the way, I'm looking for another pinball machine so I can start working on them again. Uh, Lyman Sheets is probably the most famous code maker for pinball. Now, it doesn't sound like a whole lot. Um, There he is. He passed away at the age of 55, uh, far too young. Um, Apparently, he's one of the single greatest pinball players of all time as well. I knew him because of uh, all the podcasts that talked to, you know, interviews with him and stuff and talked about Stern pinball and coding. Um, But basically... I think a lot of people don't realize how much of the pinball design goes into the code. So what what will happen a lot is we have a designer that's making the table itself, actual uh, ramps and the shots and creating all the toys and stuff. And then ultimately, it gets some, real, some really basic code, like you hit this, you get this many points kind of thing. And they make sure it shoots well. And then they'll give it over to someone like Lyman, Lyman being uh, arguably the best at it. And that Lyman would take... Um, make rule sets make uh, programs to make you know different lights shoot off or you do this mode then this happens and then you make this thing and we put video up and it makes the actual the actual game and what's cool about the modern machines is you could upgrade the code so typically what happens nowadays with a modern pinball machine is it comes out and it's like all right the game is pretty good it shoots well i can't wait to see what happens with the code And then Lyman would keep working on these games, releasing updates for a year or two. And by the time it's done, it's like one of the best games ever made. Wow. So code has so much to do with what makes pinball good. Um, and he did the code for some of the greatest machines ever made. Um, back in the day when it was with data East, he did guns and roses, the who is Tommy WWF Royal rumble. Um, more modern games he's done, uh, with stern include, uh, Iron Man, uh, Metallica, which is an amazing machine, ACDC, um, and then some, some classics uh, with Williams back in the 90s. Medieval Madness, often considered the, the best game ever made. Attack from Mars up there in the top, if not the best game ever made, <laughs> one of yeah. those two. Monster that's, Bash that's is one up I've there. Heard of an,
3: yeah, I remember playing that one, Attack from Mars, at uh, that pinball convention we went to.
0: Yeah, amazing, amazing game. So anyways, unfortunately, passed away. There's Lyman. There's some pictures of him right there. So, yeah, um, go ahead and check that link out. It's a link to destructoid.com, And they even have a, a video of him in 1993 on the Today Show uh, yeah. talking with, uh, what's his name? Gumble.
3: What a bummer, <laughs> man. 55
0: is so young, too. Yeah, I didn't realize he was that young. That's amazing. Uh, and then the other bad piece of news I have to deliver. Uh, and this did come out in late Jan- January. So you might have heard already. But news to me. Uh, It's official. Sega exits the arcade business.
3: After 56
0: years, uh, Sega is no longer in the business of arcades, which is where they arguably had the most success and the biggest impact on the industry. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Give some details here about how it's going down. But um, basically, everything they have right now that says Sega on it uh, for the near future will come out with a name on it called uh, GIGO, which apparently is an acronym for Get Into the Gaming Oasis so instead okay. of saying sega it'll say gigo i hope i hope they come out with the sonic game uh, arcade game that, and the logo comes up and it goes
2: gigo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyways kind of a bummer wow. kind of a bummer yeah, it
3: right? it's Ra- the end of an era
0: the writing was on the wall when we were hearing about their business their buildings going down and all kinds of things happening so yeah um, they gotta
3: do what they gotta do i guess
0: and they were one of the very last few uh uh you know original video game company is still making arcade games at this point the only one i know of um is the u.s based uh what are they called up in chicago they make the giant the giant you know the big giant video games
3: yeah i don't know the name of
0: that oh man what do they call that's gonna kill me so i can be Errata next episode i don't know <laughs> i'll think of it while uh, you read tim's here how about that
3: Sounds good. So Tim has added a news item here. It says the HairNet BBS is now live. This is for all you BBS geeks out there that want a peek back to a BBS that was run from the early 90s to 1999. And when it was shut down, this BBS is from Rod Hole of The Future Was 8-Bit, a friend of the show. Tim and Eric have been involved with testing the BBS before it went public. That's true. I connected to it a couple of times. It contains contains thousands of downloadable files and BBS messages that have not been seen since the 90s, along with multi-line chat and door games like Casino and Command, a Missile Command game in ANSI. So a lot of door games from the old school. I used to love playing door games on BBSs. Um, Connecting to it is easy using sync term for Windows or for bonus points, you can use a Wi-Fi modem with your 16-bit systems like an Amiga or atari st c64 support will be available soon and the url that you can connect to that is the dot hair bbs and hair hair net is hair n e t com, and you're going to connect to port 6502 so you clever. can your telnet client to that 6502 um, how clever exactly um, so anyway, p- go to that. I mean, yeah, getting a getting a BBS back off the ground. I mean, this was, see, I think this was a very popular BBS back in the nineties, uh, but launching one nowadays, you really got to start building a fan base. So it can be very difficult to do that. So if you do connect to bBSs try to try this one out. It looks like a very good one.
0: That's a really cool product. I like that. It's, it's an existing one that's being re- revived. So everything is still there. Yeah. It'd be fun just to dig around and see what people were talking about back in the day.
3: It's like a time capsule that's been buried for so many years, you
0: know? You no, know, it actually reminds me, and I think you might be interested in this, Eric. I know certain other people pr- w- would, but that big Atari find I was talking about just earlier? Yeah. I got a bunch of uh, paper documents. I kept them all. I didn't throw them away. Um, and it's all, like, newsletters and stuff from the uh, Atari 800 Club back in 84 or whatever it was. Oh, man. Um, yeah and they're all in, you know, it's specific to, uh, that area, um, somewhere between Stockton and Modesto. I can't remember exactly where it was.
3: Oh, I would love to look through that stuff. Plus, um, you know, you can send that to Jason Scott at, uh, archive.org and he will scan all those in Yeah. so that they will be available to everybody. Yeah. He'd, he'd that love be cool. that stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: That's cool.
3: um, so this next one is, and I know you're not a Mr. Owner yet, Cody, but Ooh, you will someday. everybody will be someday.
0: <laughs> you will be Mr.
3: Yep. Um, but there's ne- never a better time to be a Mr. Owner. Why would and you say that? that? What'd you say?
0: I said, why would you say that, Eric?
3: I would say that because there are th- a bunch of new cores coming out. The first one, which is just about done. I mean, it is, it's, it's, I've been playing it off and on for the last couple of weeks but the playstation one core is done or close i'm sorry close to being done i don't want to say it's done um and i've been playing it and it is i can't tell the difference between it and the playstation and it runs so smoothly it is awesome um but jaguar core is coming out
0: i'm excited about that because i've been wanting to do six good games jaguar edition and i need you to get a jaguar
3: Yep. And I want to, I don't, I don't do a lot of PC emulation, so I would want to do it on the mister for a more authentic feel to it. A Jaguar.
0: Um, Jaguar. Jaguar.
3: Um, The Saturn core is, is, is going to be, I think my gut feeling tells me the, the Sega Saturn core is going to be right behind the PlayStation one. It's already like the last one I tested uh, didn't have any sound, but the graphics worked in most games. Um, So that's pretty incredible. Um, th- these J- Jatego updates are basically, um, there are a lot of arcade cores, but there's a lot of different systems and and stuff like that. But those three ones are the main one. Why, I, why I wrote this article, I, I've been playing the PlayStation one, testing it out. I've, t- I probably tried 10 different games, twisted metal Two, of course, being the one I played the most. <laughs> and I even bought this adapter, um, which we'll be covering oh, and yeah. catching up that. So I can use an actual PlayStation adapter with the mister and it works great
0: PlayStation controller. Um,
3: yeah. So I can get that good feel in the twisted metal game, but I played street fighter. I played twisted metal. I played, um, I even played ape escape, which needs the analog sticks. Uh-huh. Ran, runs great. So now's cool. the time to get into it. If you have a mister, download that PS core and get that run up and running.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get one eventually. Like you said, yet, um, I noticed he has got the Neo Geo Pocket on the list, which is super cool.
3: That one's been out a long time, but I know it's being kind of refined, and I think oh, there okay. were a couple games that didn't work with it. I, I've been that one's been playing. And the The cool thing about it is it, it 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 the screen looks really neat. So I mean it it it's a great version of uh, even if you were considered it an emulator type deal, it looks fantastic. And you know there's a wonder swap. one of those, too, and you can even put it in tate mode, so you can like. Yeah,
0: I remember you telling me that. That's cool. That is cool. Yeah, it's amazing.
3: So my last one here, and this is the last one of our news. The news. Hundreds of sealed retro games discovered in Nebraska storage facility, and I've I've heard this now on a couple of podcasts, including Fun. the Inigos. Um, but the video here is amazing. So talk about a time capsule, um, a reseller called game room found the collection of super Nintendo, Sega CD, Genesis, Saturn, three, yo games, all still in the shrink wrap, um, all brand new. They were put in storage around 1994. I think probably when the store, you know, closed down, but this thing had sealed copies of chrono trigger, final fantasy three teenage mutant Ninja turtles Four. um, basically this person goes around with a camera and just shows these big plastic bins full of shrink wrapped games, brand new, haven't been touched since 1994. I mean, I, I just love seeing that kind of stuff because I, I am very, I'm a very nostalgic person. And one thing I loved doing was going to video game stores and looking through all the, all the stuff on the shelves and something like this, just, really piques my interest i i i I did watch and stuff like this and not that i can afford to buy any of this stuff because it's gonna be way too expensive
0: (laughs) yeah i mean there's two ways to look at it it. most people probably see it and uh not gonna pretend i don't either but man they're so lucky they're gonna get tons of money out of there you know probably over a million dollars of games in there but um what's cooler is just the fact that you know some store probably closed up shop put everything in storage meant to go back and get it and so that's like a little time capsule back to that day and age. Like this was what was on the shelf when they, when they shut down, you know,
3: that's right. Yeah.
0: So pretty cool.
3: Yeah. That's the news. My friend,
0: Eric, that is the news. And, uh, the news I have for you is that I'm going to open another beer. I would, I welcome that. I welcome welcome it with open everything. What what are we going to pick
3: now? Cody? I'm opening my beer bag for people that don't know. I don't have a cooler up here. I have a bag, an ice bag full I of actually, beer.
0: I have a bag as well with me this time. Um, actually, I, I might need to run upstairs to get a frosty mug, though, for this one. But let's go with the gold pan ale. Now, oh. I'm, I picked this one, Eric, and I'm looking at the can now, and I missed. And I, <laughs> and I, literally,
3: I read this when it was in the fridge, because when you brought it over and I read yeah. it, and I was like, oh, my God. What is this?
0: <laughs> I missed. Um, now, I live in a a, a a place that's amazing for people who love beer, and Eric, we're just going to have to... You need to just, like, like come up here, pretend it's not an hour from your house, and just like pretend like you're visiting for, like, three days, and you can sure. just sleep in the, the guest house and the whole thing, spend a day going to breweries, uh, watching Mario Brothers in the movie, Mortal Kombat, the movie, um, playing that video games, allowed. recording a podcast all of the above um anyways we have a bunch of amazing breweries up here um and this is one i hadn't heard of before i came up here and this beer these beers are all over the stores up here which is really cool you can buy these anywhere like up here but even if you go go outside of auburn you you're not going to find these they're not anywhere else so gotcha uh it's a brewery called grass valley brewing company right here in grass valley yep and i've had some really good beers there nothing like mind-blowingly good but really good solid beers and I grabbed one that I thought I knew, and it was not the one I meant to grab. And <laughs> <laughs> um, it is a, it's got a great name, great l- logo. Uh, you know, I, I live in the area where basically the gold rush started yep. uh, here in California. So it's called Gold Pan Ale. And you see uh, everything looks normal on the can. You see a, a gold panner, an old 49er uh, in the river doing his thing, except a little it's not little nuggets of gold, Eric. It's little nuggets of hops.
3: Yeah, there's little hops flowers in there, little buds or whatever. Um, but what's below <laughs> but. that is the thing, because I'm a fan of this thing, and they've removed it. So why don't
0: you say that? <laughs> no, you, well, okay, whatever, yeah. Uh, apparently, two things. One, yeah, it is a gluten-removed beer.
3: <laughs> gluten-removed pale ale, which um, I love gluten. I love it. I, I enjoyed the gluten
0: will. as well. The last beer probably made up for it. We basically just ate a bottle of yeast. Exactly, and um, and uh, pale ale. Um, I'm afraid this is going to be very hoppy and very IB. You know, it only shows 35 IBUs and it's only 5% alcohol by volume, so I'm not sure about that. But I'm afraid this might be taste more like an IPA uh, in the style that we both are not fans of, Eric.
3: Well, there's only one way to find out. Do you want to grab a mug and I'll read I'll read some of the can here. Deal. So it's called Gold Pan Pale. And it is gluten-removed pale ale, which is going to be interesting. Uh, Grass is from Grass Valley Brewing Company, and that is now up there where Cody lives. 5% alcohol by volume. Uh, it says, a very easy-drinking American-style pale ale that offers a perfect balance of malt and hops, complemented by a crisp aroma of grapefruit. Hmm. Well, so that doesn't sound so bad, I guess. We'll have to give it a shot. Um, and that is from uh, Grass Valley Brewing Company. So I'm going to open this right now.
0: I'm ready to crack this bad boy open.
3: Yep, I just cracked mine on right up to the mic. Ah. So the description doesn't sound so bad. So I'm hoping that it's more like that than what you described.
1: Because
0: mm. there's a
3: there's a crisp aroma of grapefruit.
0: Mm, grapefruit and gluten oh wait no No i'm not i'm getting uh, i'm getting the grapefruit i'm not getting the gluten on the nose eric
3: (laughs) yeah there's there's no gluten smells like beer
0: all right sir yep for the second time tonight cheers what do you think
3: it's not as bad as it could have been
0: (laughs) raving review.
3: Um, it, it, I, it, I I don't want to say just because like if I, if I had, if I had, um, had some of this and then you asked me, well, what is wrong with this beer? I couldn't tell you, I wouldn't, I'm just gonna be honest. I wouldn't be able to say, Oh, it's missing the gluten. (laughs) But now that we know it's missing the gluten and then we drink this compared to some of the other beers, it's missing like body. Does that yeah. make sense?
0: I was going to say I was going to say it feels tastes thin.
3: <laughs> it tastes thin. It's missing like a thickness or a body to it that um listen, not all beers have that. I mean like a crisp Asahi or something like a lager or a pilsner. Yeah. Yep. They have gluten, but they and they don't have a ton of body, but this one there's just it's lacking body. Right? It, it's yeah, but
0: it is very it's refreshing and drinkable. I'll get that.
3: I'll say it's not over hopped. Doesn't taste over hoppy like some pale ales do. I'll give it that. Um it All right. I can taste the grape, the grapefruit. I can taste kind of the little tang. It's
0: got a little a little citrus to it, a little acidic. It's got like no head.
3: Mine has a bit.
0: Does it? All right. well, yeah.
3: Well yeah, hmm. I mean you can still see mine. See it? All right. There you got go. A got a little bit.
0: All right, so uh, if you're a gold miner trying to make it rich here in California, yeah, on a scale between uh, poor and rich, <laughs> where does this beer get?
3: I was gonna say in chunks of pyrite, <laughs> <laughs> the fool's gold. Um, no, so yeah, I, I mean, hmm. what would you give it between poor and
0: rich? It's hard. I, it's hard to to put into context because you want it, you have a flavor profile that you're expecting. Yeah. And when you taste it, you're like, yep, but now it's missing something. However, if you looked at it the other way and said, all right, if I was to drink like a light beer that I enjoy, this has more going on than that. So I might like this more than that beer. Yeah. So it depends how you look at it, but ultimately. So I have, I have a rating here. So
3: it, between poor and rich, I'm going to give this single a household with a single mom. Who's a paralegal. (laughs)
0: okay okay single mom so a single mom of three kids three okay so i was gonna i was gonna go from um yeah middle class to like struggling middle class
3: yeah that's i think that's i think we're on the same all right struggling middle class
0: i guess it depends where you live too but yes we'll go go with struggling middle class i agree
3: single mom you three kids
0: Brilliant. I like it.
3: <laughs> she lives in Lodi.
0: Oh, stuck in Lodi again. About,
3: I'm going to make her story again. I'm going to write in, a story about her. She
0: should be stuck in Grass Valley. That's where this came from. <laughs> All right,
3: Eric. You work hard for the gluten. <laughs> so hard for the
0: gluten. I feel like the beer should be cheaper because there's no gluten. I paid for the gluten. <laughs> should
3: be. You're right. We should get a gluten <laughs> refund. <laughs>
0: All right, Eric, it is time for us to have a battle,
2: battle. between systems. Battle of the systems. <laughs>
0: All right, so Eric, if you can reiterate what this particular battle is as you came up with it, so it's your fault.
3: Yeah, so the idea I had was we play a lot of 16 and 32-bit uh, beat-em-ups or brawlers, as some people call them. And we've talked about them a lot on the show, but one thing we don't talk a lot about are 8-bit beat-em-ups. So I tried to find... I took the two kind of premier 8-bit console systems, which is the Nintendo Entertainment System and the Sega Master System, and I looked and found uh what some would consider good uh, 8-bit Brawlers, and for the Nintendo Entertainment Sister, I picked River City Ransom, which is a pretty well-known, very popular beat-em-up, and for the Sega Master System, I picked Dynamite Ducks, which is, I had never played played it before, never heard of it. I had heard of River City Ransom, but and I had loaded it up a couple of times, but I never played it too deep, okay. so, um, so I picked those two, and that's how I came up with it. All right, let
0: me pull up. Do you have any any raw stats, Eric?
3: I have all sorts of raw stats. Which one do you want to start with? And I have some sound. You know, Henrik said, hey, add some texture. And so I'm, yeah. doing, I'm doing what the Patreons want.
0: Love it, love it. Um, I pulled up River City already, because that's the one you mentioned first. So let's just go with that order, I guess. Okay, so River City
3: Ransom, dry statistics here. The publisher was Technos, Japan. Technos. Uh, the platform is the fan, the, hold on a second. I am between pages
0: here. Um, Publishers, the Famicom
3: (laughs) is, it it was, it was released on the family computer or Nintendo entertainment system in Japan. This came out in Japan first and it was April 25th, 1989. Um, in North America came out in January, 1990. Um, and it had some releases on some other platforms as well. The sharp, X sixty eight thousand. That's interesting. Really, I didn't want to try to load that up. That was in April nineteen ninety. The Super CD ROM uh was December twenty fourth nineteen ninety three. Game Boy Advance. I didn't know there was a Game Boy Advance version either. That's pretty I cool. Did. I,
0: actually, I do own that actually.
3: Oh, that's awesome. Japan March fifth two thousand four. That's quite. That's a long time after nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Well, Game Boy um, Advance, yeah. Yeah, and so in in North America, May twenty-sixth, two thousand four, it's a beat-em up action role playing. So there are role playing elements. Um and it is single player and multiplayer. You know, when you came over yesterday, Cody, we should have loaded this bad boy up.
0: I didn't realize it's multiplayer. Okay,
3: cool. Yeah, there's a two-player uh version of this. So um, that's the dry statistics. I have a little bit of music while we play that up front.
0: Yeah, so go for let it. Me
3: load that up here. Here we let me boost that up there. All right, here we go. So that is some of the title track there. And one thing about this um, about this game is it is very like lauded for its soundtrack like there are a lot of people that really uh, love this the composer is Kazuha Sawa.
0: I, i'll we'll we can get into our opinions later but i i found the soundtrack very forgettable interesting
3: oh wow okay yeah I, i've read a ton online about how people love the soundtrack they even um people want it separate from the game so they can listen to it um interesting people seem to really dig it so anyway
0: the other thing I want to point out, and which you didn't mention in the, in the raw stats there, is this game is part of uh, the Kunio Kun series of games. Yes. Which you have not heard that. Uh, that is um, a series of... Uh, they're primarily beat-em-ups, but there's, a, there's one soccer game that gets in there. Um, but it's basically this kind of uh, world-building thing that they created. So it's these high school kids that are somehow high school kids at at the same time they're gang members (laughs) and battling in the streets of, uh, different parts of, I don't know if it's all Tokyo, but different cities within Japan. I don't even think they're all real cities. Um, but it includes games. Uh, the most famous being double dragon, The double dragon series is part of the Kunio Kun series. Um, there's a number of games, uh, like that river city games. And then there's Kunio Kun soccer league, um, there's a number of them. So, like, there's one called Super Dodgeball. Super Dodgeball, which I've always wanted to play as a kid. That's the one that always looked the coolest to me. And I tried it later as an adult, and I couldn't get into it. But, <laughs> anyways, um, yeah. So I guess since you dropped the raw stats, I'll try to describe the game a little bit. And sure. I, I will. You'll, you'll hear a little of my opinion come through. I think this game was. Uh, absolutely ahead of its time i remember hearing great things about it when i first started collecting games it wasn't one that uh, i remember seeing the box on the shelf at like video game stores but it's not one i ever rented it's not one that i ever heard anybody else have uh, but it is absolutely a, a, a you know a, a beat-em-up uh where you're walking uh, from you know most beat-em-ups even the 60-minute area you just walk from left to right usually in a city street beating people up, and finding, you know, random cooked food items in the street for power. <laughs> that's kind yep. of a thing. And, kind and of a lot thing. of them
3: have pickups, like weapon pickups, sticks, and yep. uh, stuff like yep. that, yeah.
0: And this is no different. Uh, it's kind of made in this cool chibi style where everyone looks like their fists are up and they're ready to punch somebody. Um, <laughs> yeah,
3: it does have a neat, very stylistic cartoon style.
0: And that's very much of the era for all beat ups, including all the 16 bit systems. But this one is way ahead of its time because I don't remember a 16 bit game in which you could also go back right to left, left to right. Um, sure. you can also go into shops and buy upgrades. Yep. You can buy food, uh, to raise your health. You can r- raise different stats. Uh, you can gain, um, different weapons, different attacks. You can buy yeah, different, different
3: attacks. Uh, yep, exactly.
0: Um, so a big part of this game, I mean, there's not much to say about the game outside of the fact that you're, you know, beating people up on the screen. Uh, when they die, money pops out of them. Typically, one coin. One coin. Yep. You grab that coin. Um, save up for stuff that you you need, basically, to power up to go to different parts of. You don't need them to go to different parts of the city, but if you don't power yourself up enough and you go to certain parts of the city, you get beat up pretty quick.
3: You do. Yeah.
0: So it very become much very much becomes an RPG. And um, and you kick a lot of butt. I don't know what um, what else can you say to describe the game that I missed, Eric. I
3: love some of the names of the fighting techniques because you do you do buy food items in the stores. And one thing I always found confusing was I wish you could hover over the names of the food and see what stats they improve, but you don't know until you actually just buy the item and it tells you.
0: You probably I need the manual. the manual. Yeah. Do you
3: think that was in the manual?
0: It, yeah. I do.
3: That would be awesome. I should have downloaded that. That would have been a very handy guide, but um, some of the fighting techniques that you can get from eating certain things or grabbing certain things in the store are um, I found these names pretty cool. Dragon feet, stone hands and grand slam. um, Which are purchased in as books in the shop. So you buy these books and you learn these special new fighting techniques. So I think that is pretty cool. Um, And you basically buy that stuff with the coins that you find all over the, all over the um, all over the world. When you defeat someone, you get the coin. Um, another cool thing about this game is that um, uh, the um, what was the thing I was going to mention was um, spit it out, Eric. Oh, it, so if you got played this back in the game, it didn't have a battery in the cartridge. It's a password system. And this is the most ridiculous password system I've ever seen. Like, uh, did you did you happen to even notice that?
0: No, I didn't. Tell, tell me.
3: So the password system, it has all these crazy characters. So not only the alphabet, but there's like a little A with a little tilde over it. Um, there's lowercase, uppercase. So, yeah, you could even in modern times, you could use a phone to take a snapshot. But putting the password back in. It would just take you a half an hour to sit there and try to type out the stupid password. So it reminds you, me of
0: Metroid. It had the same thing. It had like eighty different characters to choose from for the password system. No, that's
3: exactly exactly what it's like. So you you know don't feel bad if you just want to use say save, save States or something. In fact, this game is available on the switch and the um the you know the online downloads for NES games or yeah, the dependent. online
0: service or you get them for free after you're a subscriber?
3: Exactly, and that's the way I played it. And then I also played on the Evercade because it is part of the uh, Technos collection. Yep. Um, on there, so you, and that has save states as well. So I had two ways to play it, and I played them on both of them, and they both played really great. Um, uh, other than that, you're right. It really is just beating up dudes and upgrading yourself, and just trying to get to the end. The two guys' names in here are Alex and Ryan, um, and the city is called River City which is why it's called river city ransom um I, and you're I'd trying like to, to find your girlfriend cindy
0: of course that's what you do when you want to beat up a whole bunch of people it's usually just find your girlfriend that's been taken correct he's the same exact plot for double dragon um one <laughs> thing that, that gives this, this game a lot of character is at the bottom of the screen while you're pe- beating people up uh they say things now they're written down in out in the bottom in words right yeah. Um, so i say something like right now you're at the Capitol Avenue bridge and this guy apparently his name is Benny. He has said, ah, oh, I'm going to beat you up. Benny just got killed. He says, this blows my day. Clyde just said, ouch, uh, this won't hurt much longer or something like that. It's not over yet. We'll meet again. And the yeah. best one that you see a lot. And I remember seeing this in Nintendo power. I believe when I was younger is you just punch somebody so hard in the stomach. They just say barf.
3: They go barf for <laughs> the an exclamation just point. Barf. Yeah. I saw that. Um, one thing, so let's talk about the controls a little bit. So there's punch and there's kick. And the AI the system AI, in fact, I should I haven't even looked at my notes from my gameplay notes here. Um by the way, in the PAL regions in Japan and the US, this was called River City Ransom. But in the PAL regions, like the UK, it was called street gangs. Did you know that?
0: I did not, and that's funny because they typically chide away from organized crime. <laughs> Ninjas, right. so I'm I'm kind of surprised by that, but okay. So
3: people lauded this for its uh, smart enemy AI because sometimes when you are overusing your punches, they will block those punches, and and the graphic is really cool. The guy holds up his arm and blocks the punch, and so you do have to alternate fists and kicks to overcome when an enemy is blocking a certain type of attack if you're overusing an attack the ai kind of gets a grip of that and we'll start doing that um we'll, we'll start trying to block that um, so you must alternate the kicks and punches to avoid those blocks um the double tap there's a double tap for left and right to dash and you should use that a lot because it does help in combat to like get away from attacks or run and jump and a- kick him Exactly. So you can double tack to do that. Another thing is, there's weapons all over the place sticks, whips, um,
0: brass knuckles,
3: brass knuckles, baseballs, uh, rocks.
0: You can pick up garbage cans and throw You can pick up people. You can pick up people and throw them. And that's another thing
3: you not only can pick up something and swing it as a weapon, but when you get tired of it, you can just throw it at somebody and smack them in the head with it. (laughs) <laughs> so I really, really did like the controls in this game, and I liked the varied options of attacks.
0: Yeah, what made this game work really well was that as simple as the combat is, and a lot of people know the sprite limitations on the Nintendo, I don't think there's ever more than two enemies at a time on the screen in any beat 'em up on the Nintendo, mm-hmm. um, just because of the sprite limitation, but um, the combat somehow never became stale. Although I never I would never say that it was overly exciting um, it was always engaging and entertaining to a point um, especially as you gotten more powers or more abilities and things like that uh, but the enemy AI wasn't easy like you, you were, it kept you thinking you know um, And then there's also if you press I believe pause you get this uh, screen at the bottom you can select uh, belongings and see what yeah. what items you have. There's your password sec- uh, section there. You can check what level you're at, uh, your status. There's a help icon. And, um, yeah, you, you, you fight different gangs. You go to different areas and you take over other gangs' territories. And you have to beat the boss uh, in each one of those territories. Um, so I actually I tried to just find it right now, but for some reason I can't find it right now. I actually played the, a modernized version of this game, and I didn't realize how modernized it was. I assumed it made a lot of changes. Um, I played on the 3ds. So I did play this game about five years ago, completely in 3d. Uh, but the graphics were the same. And I think there was a cool map that showed all the areas you can go to. Oh, wow. Um, because there'll That'll be, be a gap. There'll be a gap. Like you'll go through some past some stores and there'll be like a gap on the wall. You press up and you go into like a parking lot or something. And then that parking lot ends in a train station. That's when you can take yourself to another part of the map, uh, or another city. So it changed the, the user interface a little bit But other than that I was playing this game for a while I'm like no this is like the same game as the 3DS game It's just There's just a, some quality of life upgrades on the 3DS one Whereas uh, So I've, I've, I've played that game to completion Which means I feel like I've played this game to completion Because I think they are very very similar Yeah um, For a game On the Nintendo To Especially at that time Excuse me, uh, to have these RPG elements, to have uh, gameplay that continues on because it'll take you five, six hours to complete the game. Um, again, if it's anything like the 3DS one that I was playing, because um, you're going to spend a lot of time beating people up, getting that money, trying to power yourself up, password save, come back next day, do some more, work on it, go to find a new area, password save. Um, it's a it's a full experience that they i can't think of too many games on the nintendo that gave you that kind of full experience outside of like the mario games where you would you know go to different worlds and different levels and just have that much gameplay built in you know
3: yeah it seems like a much deeper game than um
0: really any it, other beat 'em up i can think of
3: yeah, absolutely and i it's one thing i kind of uh Wish more beat em ups had was more more of an RPG element to it where you could get different weapons, collect money, buy different things, have different buffs. Did now did you notice if the stats really made too much of a difference? I mean, did it really cause I, I would upgrade and upgrade and upgrade and I wouldn't notice much difference other than you know, one one of the weird things is when you go to you could kick butt on one screen and then go to the next screen and get your, your butt handed to you. Exactly. So, you
0: need to, that's where the stats come into play. You need to build those yeah. up. Then when you get to the next area, it'll feel like you were up to their level and able to compete. Okay. Yep. So it yeah. is a bit of a trial and error game. I think if we were to read the manual, it would do a better job of explaining kind of the strategy and what you need to do. Um,
3: I need to find the manual for this. Cause I do want to go back. I, I, I so, I mean, just not giving away too much here. I love the game. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, it was entertaining. I found it so much more interesting than your typical beat 'em up,
0: especially uh, on the NES.
3: Yeah, especially on the NES. You're you're right. So, yeah, I very I cool. I, I enjoyed my time with the game very much.
0: That's River City Ransom. I think they did change all the names to very American names because. Uh, again, the version I played was uh, more of a direct port where they changed things to English, but the names were still like uh, you know Ryu or Ryu or Rico or uh, right. <laughs> you know again I, I, I don't know what I'm saying, but some you know Sunisan or whatever you know very Japanese yeah. sounding names. Um, so it, I feel like it lost a little of the flavor by being called Bob and R- Rick or whatever the heck they changed Alex and Ryan, Alex and Ryan. Alex and Ryan. Um, okay, so there is River City Ransom, and uh, let's go ahead and figure out how we're going to score these things. So they're both games. Who? How do I put this? They're both games where you beat up things in the street.
3: Yep, and they that, both—that's what they weapons. have in common. They both have weapons. Like you can pick up and use weapons. That's that's pretty big deal.
0: So, what's our rating system going to be?
3: Hmm. Um. Man, I don't know. I'm coming. I'm drawing a blank here. Let's do a. Um. Let's do three hundred
0: yen. Three hundred. <laughs> yen. Well, I guess I guess that ducks doesn't use yen, so don't mind.
3: No, but I mean, there's not much between the two that are. There's not really much between three. the two. Thematically, or or the theme—it's thematically a word. I don't even yeah, know how
0: How about three hundred um bystanders beat to a pulp? <laughs>
3: okay, three hundred <laughs> bystanders. Okay, I, don't I... Know if I like bystanders beat up to a pulp. But okay.
0: <laughs> well, who's to say all these people are bad people? I don't know. Uh, apparently, everybody on the street is out to get you. So, who's the bad guy, really, Eric?
3: Let's say three hundred villains beat to a pulp. Then not bystanders. All right. All right. Bystanders means you're innocent.
0: Well, again, <laughs> if everyone's out doing? to get you, who's who's do, who's really should be in the wrong here? Right? I'm the only right righteous person on the street of 300 people, really. <laughs> yes. You might be the right, you might be the bad guy.
2: Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give it two
0: seventeen. Two seventeen. Yes.
3: Okay. I was going to give it two thirty-five. Okay. Two thirty-five.
0: Well, there's our scores. Yep. Simple enough. What, what did you I, give it? Two seventeen, right? Two seventeen. I, I enjoyed it. I love what it is. I think it's groundbreaking. But again, I always do everything as in I'm playing it today. What do I? How much do I like it today? Yeah. Um, and two seventeen feels right. I wouldn't put it in my top. Five NES games, probably not my top 10. So, right. Yeah, 217 feels good.
3: All right. Let's pick, d- let's start talking about Dynamite Ducks. And Ducks has a little, some umlauts over the U just for that special European style. <laughs>
0: Dynamite Ducks, man. Yep. Dynamite Ducks.
3: D U X. D U X. Yep. Dynamite Ducks is a beat up video game developed by Sega AM2, a legendary studio.
0: AM2. Wow, really? Okay.
3: AM2 makes a lot of really cool stuff, um, and this originally came out as an, in the arcade in
0: 1988. Arcade game, okay. Yep.
3: So the uh, let's see, let me find out because we're, since we're only talking, it came out for a lot of stuff: arcade, Master System, Amiga. Hey, there's an Amiga version. That'd be really pretty cool. To find. Yeah, Amstrad CPC, Atari ST, Commodore sixty four. A Commodore sixty four version? What?
0: I only knew that there was a master system. You're t- you're knowledging up right now. Yeah, ZX Spectrum too.
3: What? That's crazy. This is That's crazy. Cra- that is crazy. So it is a beat 'em up single player and two player, but I didn't say the Sega Master System didn't I don't think it had a two player mode. So I think they're I just talking so. about the arcade version there. Um let me see here. I wanted to find out. It doesn't say exactly when the Sega Master System version
0: came out. 88. I have it on the screen right now. Is it on 88? Okay, good. Eight, 1988.
3: Okay, good. And that's the seg- see, that's the arcade version. Is it? Yep.
0: Arcade it arcade long play. Long play. You're absolutely right. Okay, hold on. Hold on.
3: Okay. Uh, the arcade system was the Sega System 16, but we're talking about specifically the the Master System version.
0: Oh, 89 um, 89 for the master system so then. they
3: both came out so river city ransom this one at least both came out the same year 1989 so that's good um the developer again sega am2 publisher sega the producer was yu suzuki composer was hiroshi kawaguchi yu suzuki was involved in this yeah exactly okay you know him
0: yeah i've heard that name yeah i'm, I'm very familiar with again big uh sega composer if i'm not mistaken
3: yep so those are the dry statistics and i got a little uh little ditty to play for it yeah for let's, let's hear
0: some yu suzuki apparently yep exactly
3: so let me pop that up here we go there we go little my clip was a little shorter than I wanted it to be, but, <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was but little system,
3: yeah, this, yeah. A little ragtime Sega, the Sega master system wasn't always given credit for its time. Um, I found it to be a very comparable system to the Nintendo, um, Nintendo obviously had a lot of more, lot more marketing. It was popular in more regions, but you know, the Sega master system did have its fans, especially in places like Brazil, um, things like that. Um This is, of course, a beat'em up since that's what's we're talking about, but you want to talk about the game a little bit?
0: Let's describe the gameplay. Okay, and I'll come back and make comments about it later. Yep. you start with a quick scene. Uh, again, I'm gonna just be factual. Uh, you start with uh, the cut scene here. There's a boy in a field of flowers and a girl jumping up and down, meaning they're having the greatest time, Eric. Yeah, here, sunny. I'll give you a play-by-play. All of a sudden, a monster a flashes, flashes to life. Flashes life. You turn into a blue, a blue duck. duck. A bubble, a bubble captures, captures your girl. girl. She yells, help. help. A door opens a door for opens no, reason, for and no reason, for and reason, and then it fades to black. So <laughs> that's the beginning, the beginning of the game. Now you're game. fighting. And on, on the very first screen,
3: there's a guy that looks like Colonel Sanders. Colonel
0: Sanders is watching you start your battle. I have no idea what's going on here. This is the weirdest decision-making in a game ever.
3: I think if you want to know the storyline, a girl named Lucy is kidnapped by the evil sorcerer, a cha and the player's mission is to rescue her. I that's, mean, that's really the backstory there. That's
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is what you get. Um, and then, yeah. So I'm, I'm just going to describe the very first screen here. You yes. literally are in, in the street somewhere. There's bushes in the foreground. There's a crosswalk. A couple buildings in the background. Colonel Sanders, for no reason, is standing there watching you. And it's,
3: it looks exactly like Colonel Sanders, He's Colonel right? Sanders.
0: Like, there's no kidding. It's Like, that's yeah, Colonel yeah, Sanders. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just like a, a, as if it was a pod of dolphins, a pod of chihuahuas are heading your way, and they're pissed off.
3: Yeah. Like, they have, like, teeth bearing. Like, they, they are coming at you. And when you begin, you don't have any weapons. So, you have your fists. Fists of Fury, and you can hold the button down to wind up. I don't know if you knew that, Cody, but uh, oh, I, I found that. that out. Yeah, so you can hold the button down to wind up. But the the, the thing about this game, you're not going to get very far if you try to just continue using your fists because you don't have a wide range, you know, with your fist. It, you, they have to, you have to be right on top of them. And half the time, you're going to take a hit from them. So the beauty of this game, though, is there are weapons all over the place so um, if you do wind up your reach is, is about double the distance of your normal punch
0: Yeah, you can hold down the punch button you wind up it takes about two full seconds and we let go your fist gets so big uh, otherwise yeah. yeah your punch is like well the way it looks is your punch is like just a few pixels in front of you
3: yeah exactly but,
0: um, I will <laughs> you're gonna start hearing some opinion as I go here but uh, the hit detection is atrocious in this game so I'm glad
3: you mentioned that. I have that right here. As you see, I wrote it down. I said, hit boxes are horrible in this game. Not only in the the standard game where you're getting to the boss, but the boss battles are wretched because the hit detection is poor. And you're sitting there trying to run around avoiding whatever the boss is throwing at you. Yeah, we're Meanwhile, watching
0: the... Sorry, go ahead. go
3: ahead. No, no, go ahead.
0: The, we're watching the first boss right now, which is a, a... Big chunk of fire in the center of the screen, yep. and it tosses out like six different little pieces of fire, but they're all the exact same size. So as they toss up into the air, you have yeah. no idea when they're going to land or where yeah. they're going to land on your kind of isometric space because there's no um, there's no shadows or anything to show where they're going to land. No, so, you're, so you, you're completely guessing. You are totally guessing
3: there, and there if there were shadows, that would really help. But so you have no depth perception when things get tossed up in the air like that. Um, so I found that really, really annoying. But yeah, the hit detection is... is I don't know if it's a product because the aspect ratio, like, not the aspect ratio, but the, the depth perception problem. So maybe you're shooting where there really isn't
0: somebody. Well, so here's this. All right, so he picks up a rock. By the way, when you pick up one rock, you get to throw like 10 rocks somehow yeah. over the next... So, look at this hit detection right here. He picks up a rock. We're about halfway through the first level. We're in an area where now there's, like, construction cones out. Yeah. And we have to kind of go down below the street into the construction zone. And there's, um, you know, foxes wearing hard hats and overalls. Because as you are, as you do, he throws one rock about two feet in front. Watch this. Two feet in front of the first fox. Yeah. Apparently hits that fox. It also hits the fox at the very bottom of the screen that's probably two fox lengths away. See this? Yep. Oh, got them both. Yeah. How? And then a cheeseburger popped out of that fox that's larger than the fox it popped out of. That's right. That's
3: like the it's like the JFK magic bullet theory, right? Like <laughs> that rock just
1: yeah. There you go. Goes and
3: through that first dinosaur or crocodile or whatever, and then like makes a magic left turn or right turn, and then yeah, the other one.
0: And now that we're and, and now that we're down in the construction site, you know, where the foxes who are construction workers are, there are of course uh, alligators who stand on their hind legs and box us. So yeah. that's who we're fighting now. Yep. Um,
3: and was, oh, by the way, and right there was a actually a good example of this. When too many things get on the screen in this game, the frame rate goes nuts. And at first I was playing this on my, on my, uh, mister on the FPGA and it slowed down when there was a bunch of stuff on the screen. So I was like, well, this isn't right. This can't be right. So I, right. I, I up my Sega master system cause I, you know, I love Ooh, that. Thorough. System. I like it. So I got it. And it does the same exact thing. So this game, like when there's too much going on on the screen, the sprites start to flicker and everything slows down
0: to a crawl. At this point, he picked up a gun where you just straight up are shooting things. Um, This boss is kind of actually, I'll be honest. I quite enjoyed the boss battles, even though they weren't the most straightforward thing. Yeah. Um, One very interesting thing about this game, especially with the punching, um, it's the weirdest thing so if you do that wind up while you're winding up you can't move so when you hold the wind up button you're stuck in place but when you let go yeah it takes it's like a two or three animation punch and yeah. then you've got this huge boxing glove in front of you and while that glove is in front of you you can kind of just like slide your body around while the gloves in front of you so you could do you one punch
3: turn. yeah
0: yeah you could do one punch and hit like the boss three times with that one punch yeah, um, which kind of became a tactic again. A kind of broken gameplay that actually ended up kind of feeling kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. um, but anyway,s yeah, yeah, he just beat up a bunch of rocks. Oh, and then when you beat the boss, guess what happens? The door randomly opens in the middle of nowhere. It's a perfectly square green door. Yep, uh, and you and that's fly the end of the through level. the
3: cosmos, going to the next level. Um, one one positive thing about this is the the it, it's a very colorful game. I mean, the graphics are. I wouldn't say great. They're serviceable, oh. but like the colors are very, very bright and varied. It's not they're- a dull drab game.
0: <laughs> Here's the like random pig, like, um, yep. these, these, pig ladies that are, what do you call those? I can't remember what you call. Um, ah, uh, I forget what they're called. The Japanese, the, uh, I can't remember what they're called right now. Gosh, darn it. Mine's a blinking. But anyways, yeah, you're beating up pig ladies. Who yep. are wearing dresses um,
3: I didn't know there was a name for those
0: <laughs> Yeah I'm trying to remember the name for them But um Oh there's another bomb that just took out like three things That weren't anywhere near it yeah, You say it's colorful? That. It's absolutely colorful I would say the actual yeah. character designs themselves Were pretty clever and well done Yeah. The backgrounds and the way they put The levels together just looks like this Hideous collage Like a kid just cut chunks out of a magazine and Stuck it to the screen Right. Oh my gosh i am and i'm sorry now i'm just now i'm just laying into it let me go back to the very first Look <laughs> at the, a splash screen this is the screen that's supposed to impress you the most yeah how hideous is that it's like di- the word dynamite all in just white like block letters yeah a completely just pale balloon background a crappy looking bomb with an explosion that looks like a kid drew it in in microsoft paint
3: I was going to say, it's like they took an intern to make the graphics. Like, hey, guys, here's Microsoft Paint. Can you look something up here?
0: And then to make it look more intense, they spelt ducks with an X. D-U-X. Yeah. Uh, And it's not even centered in the screen. The whole thing's, like, at the top of the screen, like, top two-thirds of the screen and over to the left. And it's it's not even centered.
3: The background's, like, this weird
0: aquamarine color. Oh, my gosh. I I don't know where... (laughs) The, when I found out this is not only a, a game on the Sega Master System that is produced by a legit Sega group, that just surprised me so much. We said that I had to hide my surprise.
3: Yeah. AM2 is legendary. I mean, they made a lot of great arcade games, a lot of, uh, they were they were put in charge of the Genesis Mini. You yeah. Know, the little classic mini, and they did a great job on it.
0: Oh, M2. That was M2, wasn't it? I
3: thought that was AM2. I thought that that's the same thing, right?
0: We're gonna have to look that up. I didn't think yeah. it was, but anyways. I think it's the
3: same. I think it's the same kind of uh I don't know what they are, a little subgroup. But they I know they work a lot with Sega.
0: Um this so anyway, game, that's
3: pretty much it. There are no RPG elements to this game. There, this there game, are no you inter- only go or, left or, to right.
0: You only go left to right, you can't go back. That's right. You the, the, the street does go up and down, which yep. retro uh River City rampage is always straight across. So that's, that's a thing. Yep. Um, and as even though it slows down and creates flicker, you can there's often like ten different sprites on the screen at once. Yep. Which makes that I guess that that part of it a little bit entertaining. But really, this game, with all its brokenness, is broken in a way where it becomes extremely easy. Uh, I got to the final boss on my first try. Wow. Laughed nice. about it because it was so ridiculous, and then. On my second try, I beat it, but I didn't. Do I have it the to same admit, day. I
3: didn't stick with it long enough to get to the end. I, <laughs> I, I got pretty far. I, I made it to about the fourth, third or fourth boss.
0: But you didn't. You didn't uh, die. You stopped because you were bored, right? Correct. Correct.
3: And there's no <laughs> well, way to save. So on my actual, uh, I played this on my real master system. There's no way to save in this game. So there's no password system. There's no. There's no saving points. You just. You got to play this all the way through, or not.
0: And the game, the game from beginning to end, I'm watching this speed player. Not yeah. that's not a speed player, I'm sorry, it's just a, a playthrough, a long play. They're playing just as badly as I did, or good or bad, however you want to say it. Um including let's see, let me take out the final credits. 18 and a half minutes. And uh and I guess so here's the here's the save the what the saving grace. Is it's like this is like a game that's so bad it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I mean I've heard the same thing as you Eric when I've heard about this game I heard people and I was excited to play it because I heard it there's good it's a good game. I've heard yeah. people that talk about it as a good beat em up. I disagree with them wholeheartedly. It is not a good game. It is not a good beat em up. It has so many issues. It's only fun because it's so goofy and so broken and also so easy that you can just play it from beginning to end in 20 minutes and laugh about it and shut it off and never have to play it again. That's what makes it good. Yeah. It's like it's like watching a B movie. But <laughs> as far as an actual like game, yeah. I don't know where people get off saying this is a good game. I do not get it. Oh, and you have a so, ton of health. You have a ton of health. So there, there is four lives. Some,
3: some interesting trivia about this game. Um, okay. So there's a game called uh or I don't know if it's a character or a game. Bean the dynamite was created. I'm reading this right off of Wikipedia. Bean the Dynamite was created by Sega AM2 for Sonic the Fighters, a Sonic the Hedgehog fighting game released initially for arcades in 1996 um, and finally ported to home consoles in 2005. So that character, the duck, he turned green for some reason, and he is actually in the, the Sonic Fighters game. <laughs> uh, Bean also appeared in am 2 Sega Saturn fighting game Fighters Mega Mix.
0: Oh, he wasn't? Mm. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: As a bonus unlockable character, along with the Bark the Polar bar, he is unlocked by completing the fourth arcade mode Muscle, and fought ag- against in the final arcade game bonus. Its alternative costume is the original Bin from Dina- Dynamite Ducks. Um, he also appears as a character in Sonic the Hedgehog comics from the Archie Comics company. So the little they tried to make that little dude like iconic, you know, they tried to make him, you know, a mascot like he's in all these different things and. I, I guess that he got a color change to green, and that was it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. these And these enemies were so weird, too. Yeah. Uh, these right here. They're rats, but they come at you in packs of, like, ten. And if you shoot one, the it, entire it line dies.
3: The, the whole like, the whole group, yeah. Yeah, the, the whole, whole group,
0: right. from which basically goes from the top of the screen almost to the bottom. Yep. It's just weird. The whole game's weird.
3: It is a weird game. But I can't say I didn't enjoy my time with it. I just kind of got bored with it and uh and I didn't appreciate the the glitchiness and the hitbox problems. If they fix that, I think it I I I don't I think it would be a fairly serviceable beat em up.
0: Yeah, if I feel like you if like if you took the time like I did, play through the, play through the whole game, you're not winning cuz of skill, you're winning because you're exploiting the glitches which are essentially the game. <laughs> That's right. how it feels, you know. Yep. And th- and here's the big here's the big ending, right? You beat the final boss. Sorry, spoiler alert. Uh, yeah. y- you're back in your field of flowers. You're, you're you're still a blue duck. Your girlfriend or whatever in the bubble floats down from the sky and she yeah. reaches where you are. The bubble pops to your people again. She jumps twice. Yay! The end. Yeah. That's the game. Jump.
3: Yeah. And your hair looks like a blonde helmet. Ah, <laughs> oh,
0: my gosh. This game is weird, man. It is weird. Okay, well, there's the let's, game. So let's rate this bad boy. Yeah, you've heard good things about this game too, right? It's not just me. I did.
3: I heard. I heard. I, I heard it was flawed, but I heard that it was worth playing, and a lot of people do hold it in high esteem.
0: High esteem. Uh, I'm just for the fun of. I'm putting on the arcade long play. I want to see what the arcade looks like. Okay. Um, oh, it's more cartoony. Oh, yeah, it looks really cool, and the hit detection looks
3: more the on point does look better doesn't it it's when very you unique hit the bad guys never- they, sh- they shrink
0: and their heads fly off the moose yeah oh that is bizarre it's still a bizarre game though oh it's still just as bizarre but it, it looks better and it looks like it it looks a lot better plays better yeah yeah this looks i might try i might have to maim this up
3: the burgers aren't gigantic either they were more burger sized
0: Oh, but the groups of the mice that still die in one big pack. Yeah, exactly. A lot more a lot enemies, more enemies too. too. More arcadey.
3: All right, out of three hundred, uh, beating up three hundred villains. How many? Oh
0: my gosh!
1: I um, refuse to beat
3: up bystanders. I will only beat up villains. You are such a good heart.
0: I am. Man, one ten.
3: I'm. Yeah, I was going to give it one ten. I wrote down one twenty, so there's a clear winner here. The winner is River City Ransom.
0: Absolutely, yay! I'm, the real winner. Well, the the thing is, River City Ransom was already kind of a known quantity because I've played it before. Mm-hmm. The real, uh, unfortunately, this this day just ends on a loser.
2: <laughs> right. All
0: I learned from this is that I do not like this game. <laughs> oh man, and I and I don't I don't. Uh, I mean, it's always fun to play. Even you know, you got to have your bad and your good to enjoy. You got to have the bad to enjoy the good, Eric. That's Uh, true. But I'm glad you picked it because I've been wanting to try this. But I am disappointed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they can't all be gems, right?
0: Right. Um, I'm actually a little surprised that we both put River uh, River City as low as we did, even though it's a good game, and I have nothing but good things to say for it. It's ahead of its time, but now today, it's kind of a
3: it's clunky, especially when you're if you really are a fan of beat em ups, which I am. I love beat 'em ups. Street Fighter Two is one of my favorite games of all time on any system.
0: That's not a beat em up. Oh I'm sorry? You said Street Fighter Two.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. I meant Street Streets of Rage. Street, Rage Two. I'm sorry, you're right. Um this this lack of gluten's really getting to me.
0: Yeah, it's a lot.
3: <laughs> I'd still have it together if I had the gluten, man.
0: Um, Truer words have never but, been said
3: yeah streets of rage two is one of my favorite games of all time and so when i play any beat' up i always kind of compare it to that game yeah and this you know river city ransom is so clunky and and uh rudimentary compared to that but you gotta you gotta view it through the lens of the time and had i played river city ransom you know back in the day i think i would have just head over heels for it
0: so yeah i still very much do enjoy it i like the R- rpg side of it and mm-hmm. strategy and some other things which i probably i have not played street to rage 2 to this day eric so we gotta oh, do that
3: man. yeah i love that game
0: i Oof. probably and again i haven't played that so i don't know i probably prefer um river city just because of the extra depth and the thing that makes it a home game rather than an arcade game, even though I know Streets of Rage 2 was not an arcade game, but might as well have been. Yeah. Cool. That's it. That's that a battle. an episode of Pixel Guide and Eric. Um, so on our next episode, you should be able to hear, uh, well, at this point we don't know, either Cody's Corner or Eric's Take, where he's going to be talking to 10-Minute Amiga Retrocast, but hopefully we got that in this episode. Uh, of course, Tim's, Tim is going to join us for six good uh, Atari 800 games. Ooh, I sneezed. Excuse me. Bless you. Yeah. Uh, six good Atari 800 games, um, which is actually about or a, a a segment we've done before, Eric. We did I think our first year, but uh, we'll do it again. We've got all new games this time, and um, we've got a lot of catching up to do because we've got packages to open we've got oh,
3: lots of packages yeah
0: we've got candies to try yeah we've got uh a one beer and one not quite a beer but we'll talk about that next episode on the 30th
3: i'm worried about this one i'm not going to give it away but i'm worried oh, about okay
0: it. okay <laughs> uh any last words for the people
3: eric i have no more words for the people i think uh, i'm ready to close this one out and move on to the
0: next episode <laughs> All right. Well, as far as you and I are concerned, that's what we'll do. Uh, As for the rest of you guys, we'll catch you on the 30th. Thank you for joining us and listening to us talking to microphones for hours. And uh, congratulations again, Jason Holland. $25. Congratulations,
3: Jason.
0: To RetroRewind.ca, coming your way. So until next time, it's dangerous dangerous to to go go alone. alone. Thank you again for listening. You can find episode information and show notes online at pixelguiden.com. Please follow us on Twitter at pixel underscore guiden. And you can also follow Eric at Dub Project, that's D-U-H-Project. You can also follow Cody on Twitter at oddball49. That's O-D-D-B-A-1149. You can reach Tim Drew as well on Twitter at Sanction, that's S-A-N-X-I-O-N. If you are interested in supporting the show financially, please join us at our Patreon account. That's patreon.com forward slash pixelguiden. Please leave a review to help get our podcast listed higher up on the show rankings. We would also love to hear from you with any comments or input. So hit us up on our email at podcast at pixelguiden.com.